There it goes. I think we're there. Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's a Sunday, one week from Christmas Day. We've got a dog hey, with us, Holly, Holly <clears throat> who would love to talk to you about world news. And um, so we may have a very exciting show for you today. Actually, no, we totally do. We're going to talk about George Soros's open society. Why is George Soros involved in Brazil? That's an excellent question. In Canada, they're shouting Trudeau must go. And also, um, one in 30 deaths is from assisted suicide in Canada in 2021. That is not a real number. That can't be a real number. Um, you, We're going to talk about the fact that they don't even have to put it in writing. They can just say, I want to die. This is absolutely horrendous that's happening. In the Netherlands, a woman is, what happened to her that she was saying that only women can be lesbians? That's in Norway. Norway, excuse me. In Norway, an actress, a female actress, uh, said that only women can be lesbians and she is facing jail time. Wow, that's absolutely I, I can't even go there, right? I, you can't put people in jail for their opinions. You uh, can no, only no, no, put no, no, people no. in jail for the you things that they do. Put people in jail for a fact. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love this comment here from Karen on Facebook. I thought Soros was long gone. No, actually, he's, the, he's got these the Emperor Palpatine, whatever this completely creepy creature. Um, there. So yeah, no, we're definitely going to get into that. What also? Kind of question, is Putin losing some steam sending actors and circus performers to the troops? Yeah, I don't really trust any news coming out of Ukraine and Russia. So we're going to try to uh, go through the weeds for you guys to kind of give you some updates of what's going on on the, uh, the, 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 uh, the fighting front there in Ukraine and Russia. Exactly. So um, we did a program on Friday that I would encourage everybody to go back and... Um, watch this whole this whole week with trump and um his superhero cards and the nfts has been um entertaining to say the least so you don't want to miss friday shows every friday we go live so if you're just joining us for our world news program and you don't know that we do other shows there you go every friday 6 p.m eastern standard time on brighton.tv so leah what story do you want to kick it off with today uh let's just go to brazil you know um You've got uh, a lot of crazy things going on in the elections in Brazil, and Bolsonaro is not uh, taking it sitting down. 
But the president-select Lula has nominated the head of the Open Society Foundation's Latin America, the head of, um, I guess, you know, the left-wing progressive movement there in Latin America as part of his transition team. So George Soros has been heavily invested in Brazil ever since buying into crim into the um, criminally corrupt state-owned oil giant uh, Petrobras in uh, 2008, which was subsequently involved in the biggest corruption scandal in Brazilian history. Now, this is the mob bosses covering for the mob bosses. Lula actually was in jail for corruption, they actually, the, the Supreme Court commuted his sentence so he could come out and run for president. If you don't smell a rat, I then you rat. ain't in New York City, you know, sewers. On November 16th, the uh, purported vice president, uh, Gerald Ackerman, announced that Pedro M. Abramovi Mova, Mova, uh, would be a member of the, the, um, the Lula transition team. I'm not actually sure how to say his name. Abramova. Abramove. I think you said it right. Abramove. Uh, has been executive director of the Open Society Foundations in Latin America and the Caribbean since 2013. During Lula's first uh, reign, basically, from 2003 to 2011, when he was corrupt, when he put in all kinds of uh, Supreme Court uh, justices, when he put in federal justices that were corrupt and left-leaning, Abramove was an advisor to the Minister of Justice... Uh, Marcio, Marcio uh, Thomas uh, Bastos, who served from 2003 to 2007, he died in 2014. As Minister of Justice, Thomas Bastos helped Lula pack the Supreme Court with many of the far-left justices that we're seeing today, who are shutting people down, who are arresting journalists, who are making it so that uh, radio uh, stations have to play as much positive um, election coverage for Lula as they did for Bolsonaro. Um, and uh, whitewashing election fraud. As a lawyer, he defended several companies involved in Brazil's massive corruption scandal known as the car wash and is accused of money laundering going back to 2007. Um, Antagonista reported in 2018, uh, Thomas Bassos uh, died with the fortune estimated of about uh, 393 million uh, in, Bra in Brazilian, I'm not exactly sure, how the, so 73 million U.S. dollars. Not bad for a lawyer. So in August 2008, uh, George Soros's quantum fund invested $811 million in this Petrobras oil company, making the Brazilian state-controlled oil company his investment fund's largest holding wow. at 22% of quantum's holding. So Soros is invested in Brazil in, in, the, in the largest amount out of all of his portfolio. So yeah, there's a lot going on in Brazil. And so in order to keep his you know, finances going. And it's not just, it's other Soros. This is a conglomeration. He's the head. There's a bunch of tentacles, obviously. By a lucky coincidence, the Obama administration soon after began funding offshore drilling in Brazil. Oh. Uh, in August 2009, the U.S. Export-Import Bank announced it was loaning Petrobras $2 billion to finance exploration of the huge offshore discovery in Brazil's Tupi uh, oil fields in the Santos Basin near Rio de Janeiro. Soon after, President Barack Obama announced a ban on offshore drilling in the USA in December of 2010 and ended oil tax breaks for U.S. companies in 2011. Obama was declared in contempt of court for defying a federal judge who ordered the moratoriums reversed. reversed. Some wondered the president wasn't intentionally acting against U.S. interest. The massive influx of cash allowed Petrobras to sell $70 billion in new stock, the largest stock issue in history. For what routers called the world's biggest oil exploration uh, program from the Tupi oil fields discovered in 2011, which was named Lula, which <laughs> means squid, by the way. 
2014, a massive government scheme to defraud Petrobras was revealed, the largest corruption scandal in Brazilian history, car wash. By March 2015, federal prosecutors had formally accused 110 people of corruption, money laundering, and other financial crimes. In April, Petrobras announced that the company had lost $17 billion in mismanagement and graft. On October 4, 2016, former President Lula da Silva's uh, home was raided by police. She's got plastic. What was in it? I don't know. Oh, why don't you go see what's going on with the dog? Okay. There's all kinds of stuff upstairs. Patriot Gallery just came down with we the might shoot get, up. We might get Uncle Lunch Jack baggie. out to come uh, keep an eye on Holly. Uh, he said he wouldn't mind. Uh, police raided and he was uh, charged with money laundering. Lula's successor as president, Dilma uh, Rousseff, tried to make him her chief of staff to grant him immunity against prosecution. But on March 13, 2016, over a million Brazilians protested, calling uh, for Rousseff's impeachment. In April, uh, On April 17, two-thirds of the deputies, including her former uh, allies, voted to impeach Rousseff. Lula was considered the mastermind of the scandal, was charged with accepting bribes worth $1.1 million. His wife died in February 2016 of a stroke. In July, Lula was convicted of fraud and money laundering and sentenced to 10 years in prison, later increased to 12. Lula should be ineligible to run for president as a convicted criminal. But the pro-Lula Supreme Court vacated the charges in 2021 in a transparent move to install their candidate and ally. In the current election, the Supreme Court labeled it disinformation to even mention Lula's criminal record. When Crusoe magazine revealed connections between the members of the Supreme Court and the car wash affair in 2019, the Chief Justice Alexander Moraes ordered the story removed. This is beyond, this is why the Brazilian people are in the streets. This is why they're upset. This is why they're protesting, okay? Because... Uh, the, this is not just a one-time deal. This isn't just Lula. This is a large, their whole like upper echelons in government, their Supreme Court, they were put in by Lula. They put in by uh, and uh, these advisors from the George Soros Foundation, right? This is this far left corruption, elitist, uh, deep state in Brazil. Okay, I'm glad that it's being exposed. I'm happy for the Brazilian people. They are fighting. They're fighting the corruption and they recognize what's happening. You think we're just... We don't know much about this story, but we're bringing, as Americans, right? But we are uncovering that these tentacles go, uh, not just here in America, not just over in the EU, but all the way in Brazil. Uh, we do know that Soros has his hands in um, in Hungary. And how is it that one guy can have his hands in all these different things? It isn't that this one guy. This one guy made friends with friends with friends with friends with friends. And it's a large conglomerate of people. So there was 110 people arrested for corruption. And we just say Soros. It's it's just a name, basically, uh, for this, this kind of uh, corruption that's going on. Uh, so in this car wash affair of 20 and 2019. So during that car wash affair, there were still critical conservative media in Brazil, including the leading published house, Global Corporation, which publishes O Globo, uh, the largest newspaper in Brazil, uh, runs Globo News Channel, leftist critics even claim Globo demonized and delegitimized Dilma, as well as ex-president Lula and the PT, by selectively associating them with pervasive corruption. So this is... Uh, you've you've you literally have um, the 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 leftist critics calling a newspaper that's calling out corruption cor like corrupt. 
That's crazy. So uh, now, however, it seems Brazilian media as well as worldwide media have been entirely co-opted by the left to the point where they entirely ignore the fact that millions of Brazilians have been protesting in the streets for 43 days. Uh, I think it's like longer than that. This article is a little bit older. Gateway Pundit and the War Room journalist Matthew Tierman are the only international journalists covering this protest. And we're glad for Matthew Tierman. We bring we try to uh, go through his tweet, uh, his Twitter feed to see what's new uh, before our show on Sundays. Uh, we pick up everything crazy. Yeah, mom's working on it. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a bag of dog treats from Uncle Jack. I don't oh. know how many we're gonna throw. Oh, okay. So she didn't eat the bag. She just ate the treats in the bag. Well, uh, yeah, she got into the bag. Ah. O Globo is now a member of George Soros's Project uh, Syndicate, which received at least uh, uh, 1.5 million from the Open Society Foundation between 2016 and 2020. Do you want to take her home? <laughs> uh, calls the Project Syndicate a global propaganda operation. There is arguably no publication that exemplifies Soros's hold on the global media more than Project Syndicate, self-dubbed the world's opinion page. Uh, I'm going to stop here. We, You guys know we run a dog-sitting business. This is not part of our dog-sitting <laughs> business. This is just our cousin's dog. We love you, cousin. Okay, but your dog is the absolute worst. <laughs> she does when not we do like, our show. Yeah, she's This a, is absolutely hilarious. This is kind of like with Amanda and Grace. So she's a great dog. If we're just, as soon as, as, soon really as we dog. start talking, if we're sitting here on the computer yeah. and we're doing stuff, she's fine. Right. But as soon as we start talking, she starts to get, like whine and want attention. It's absolutely. And um, her name is Holly because she's a Christmas. She's a dog. Christmas dog. They got her at Christmas, and she's so sweet. She's the sweetest dog. So you know what I did? What'd you do? This is real life. You know, I know you come here for the news, but we're also a real deal, and I think you come <sighs> for that too. So um, I asked Leah in Kansas to get me one of those lifetime tables. You know, those th fold-out tables. So I have opened it and set it in front of the 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 cabinet there so she can't get to the door at least and bang mm. so she has to sit on the other side of the table and cry Aww. but she's not she's totally fine because there's two human beings up there one of which sits there and has treats it's her grandpa okay so she it's not like she just wants to child. be down here all right real deal do you know amanda grace posted um her pigs in sweaters i did it's really adorable. We don't put sweaters on our pigs. No. Our pigs are a little big for sweaters. Like, we'd have to shop in the major plus size. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work. Uh, all right. So, there's arguably no publication that exemplifies Soros's hold on the global media more than Project Syndicate, self-dubbed the, self the world's opinion page. Uh, several Globo stars are linked to Open Society, as Bruno uh, Gar Garshin wrote in the Gazette in the Gazeta de Povo in 2017, Globo News commentator Ronaldo Lemos is co-founder and director of the Rio Institute of Technology and Society, which received about 350,000 uh, U.S. dollars uh, between 2014 and 2015 from, from the Open Society. This ITS Rio team also included Elaine Costa, who was sponsorship manager at Petrobras from 2003 to 2012. Uh, that is through this car wash period. And uh, Open Society fellow Lusa Nader, uh, Lemos helped develop the Marcos. Pause. What? Just listen. What? I want to comment on the name of this car wash period. Well, you missed the whole story. This is a corruption. They're calling it the corruption scandal that Lula was. I get it. No, okay. I didn't miss the whole story. Okay. I was here for a good portion of the story. Okay. I'm just saying that we have titles like Watergate and uh, what was the Clinton one? Um, 
oh my gosh, the Clinton one with the, oh my goodness, y'all, it's, it's, you're helping me here, okay, in the chat. Dude, the Clinton scandal that everybody with the, oh my gosh. With Monica Lewinsky? No, was... before that. Okay, can I go on? No, I have, no, no, no. Anyway, we have stupid names. They're so stupid, I can't even remember them, okay? We have stupid names. I'm loving this spy novel. Like, I feel like this should be made into kind of one of those, like, comedy mystery movies. And just, like, and you could start it off with some people like James Bond, like, working at the car wash. Like, mm -hmm. I'm seeing the intro okay. for this spy novel They type. should make it into a movie, for sure. Yes. All right. So Lemos helped uh, develop the Marco Civ uh, Civil Day Internet, Brazil's net neutrality law, which opened the possibility of regulation and control by the state, which was used by the courts as a legal basis for suspending the WhatsApp application. Uh, ITS Rio created the site uh, Mudamos.org, which receives money from Soros and is proud to have participated in the creation of the Marco Civil Day I Internet. Globo News commentator, um, not going to pronounce his name, is says is the executive director of the um, Igrape Institute Drug Policy Program, which received about um, looks like about two million from the Open White Society. Water. White Water. Okay. It's so confusing. Watergate and White Water. Yep. You people, thank God bless you on Rumble. Holy cow! Into in April 2015, she organized a dinner for George Soros together with the current Lula advisor and the Open Society Latin American director uh, Abramovic. So. In May, Bolsonaro advisor Felipe Martins wrote that the George Soros' open society created yet another instrument to interfere in Brazil, destabilize our society, and promote groups and individuals linked to the left prominent positions. Uh, Martins pointed out the think tank Washington Brazil office was recently founded on January 31st in the U.S. Capitol with the purpose of defaming the Brazilian government abroad and promoting in our country ideas that are foreign to our culture, our history, and our traditions, and our political ethos. So Washington, D.C. created a think, uh, like a, 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 an office, a think tank office, to go in and try to control Brazil and to push things. I know they were pushing LGBT agenda, things like that, that they tried to do over in uh, Europe and Hungary and, and Poland. So this Washington, Brazil office uh, briefed uh, the Biden administration. So this is where we, we, we're kind of coming up to speed. So do you remember National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan went down to Brazil to uh, inform the Brazilian government that, you know, your elections will be fine and nobody is going to tamper with your elections. And you and we know we know here in America that that your electronic elections will be fine. <laughs> this is. This suspends belief. This should be a Washington Post story. This should be a New York Times story. N how, why is it America saying we know that your electronic voting is going to be just fine? Don't question it. What is going on here? So you have um, Jake Sullivan. You've got John Kerry. You've got the presidential advisor for Latin America, John Juan Gonzalez, and Samantha Power, director of the USAID agency, according to BBC Brazil News. Um, and uh, Australian Quadrant writes, in August 2021, U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan visited Brazil to issue the following warning to the Brazilian President Bolsonaro. Do not even dare to question the reliability of your country's electronic voting system. 
A month earlier, in July of 2021, the newly installed Biden sent his CIA director, William Burns, to travel to the country to meet with senior Brazilian officials. During that meeting, the U.S. delegation warned the Brazilian government that President Bolsonaro should stop casting doubt on its country's electronic voting. Next, at the June 2022 summit of the Americas in Los Angeles, the Biden admin notoriously repeated the same warning that the U.S. government would not tolerate Bolsonaro casting any doubt on the reliability and security of the nation's voting machines. It is up to every Brazilian who cares about the fate of Brazil, who does not want to see our country lose its autonomy even more, to realize what is behind this international campaign of defamation of the Brazilian government and to denounce it and respond to the fullest, uh, Martins found. You've got, um, in addition to this, the Bolsonaro government, and I don't know if this is a Breitbart article. I, I can't imagine Breitbart actually doing this one. Let me see which one article. Um, you've got, I think, how many people? Um, Can, like I just, you know, while you're looking Here for that, is. when we're talking about these the, ballots, wait, the electronic voting machines yeah. are absurd. Mm-hmm. We, It looks like we need electronic counting. Because mm-hmm. there's so many people. But when you break it down to precinct, mm-hmm. every single precinct has the ability. They could literally hand count the ballots and get them in fact. Why is it? Like, I'm thinking about, I know we're talking about Brazil, but I'm thinking about like Maricopa County and these places that took weeks to count their ballots. Hang on a minute. Precinct by precinct, there are enough people to get the counting done like that in every precinct. This is ridiculous yeah so why do we need the electronic machines if it's not for f-r-a-u-d okay so in brazil the federal police have raided 80 bolsonaro bolsonaro supporters it's going to get ugly so in latin america i think they can go even 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 farther than a roger stone okay so you've got this chief justice morris who is literally running as a dictator of the Supreme Court, who is help, uh, he, he was installed by the the left wing Lula, caught up in the uh, car wash gate. Okay, <laughs> so Morris was installed. He's the head guy. Like right now, if you want to say somebody's running the country, it's Morris. He's this head. He's the chief justice. He's not just. He's the chief injustice. He's issued the chief justice. Our chief justice has. Can, I don't think they can do this, but they can in Brazil. Has issued eighty arrest warrants against Bolsonaro supporters and sent. Federal police to raid them, wow. upholding fines against Bolsonaro's party while striking down charges against the Supreme Court. So now this is why you have the military uh, is going to look at these machines, and there is the military versus the the uh, the, the civil uh, justices. And there's a military court that's actually happening. It's it's in their constitution. They can legit do this. Our constitution does not allow this. Okay, B- barring what you guys think. Um, so. Our constitution does not give the military any power. Uh, again, our, our 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 founding fathers didn't even dream of a standing army. So just put that pipe dream away. Okay. So against Bolsonaro's party while striking down charges against the Supreme Court, mass protests are again scheduled for this weekend. Bolsonaro supporters were out in masses again outside of army bases. Okay. Calling for the military to intervene. Um, Protested outside of the Southeast Command asked for uh, an unidentified officer if there was a reason to hope for military uh, intervention. And the officer said, every hope. Okay. Um, You can see videos uh, show troop and armor movements. If you want to bring that up, you can. The video is from uh, a video from the Venezuelan border seemed to show massive troop mobilization in the middle of the night on December 14th. 
Um, Which one? This one? Scrolling down, I think, is the the military movement or whatever here. Uh, after the false flag um, Fed surrection operation on Monday, Supreme Court uh, Morris ordered the federal police to execute 80 warrant searches and seizures, as well as uh, bank seizures against Bolsonaro supporters in seven states. In what the Journal de uh, Cide calls a mega operation, Antigonista reports uh, 100 arrests, seizing 15 weapons, including two rifles and machine guns. Federal police raided the homes and offices of uh, some delegates. And uh, one posted a photo of his mouth tape shut, shut, writing urgent. And you can go back and maybe, so, so there are the troops. Um, you can scroll down. Here's one. Essential, uh, it actually means urgent, I guess. Federal police are in my house and in my office at the behest of uh, Morris. I committed the terrible crime of free thought. Are you sure this doesn't mean censored? Does somebody have a misinterpretation there? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So why don't we... Let me see if this is a newer video here from Matthew Tiermond. Oh, it's a long one. We won't play that one trying to get get up to date here well all right so yeah this is this is this is very worrying um the censorship thing is one thing but when the when the uh the government actually goes to your your home and raids you because they don't like what you're thinking and what you're saying well it's very interesting the like you were talking about the balance of power there in brazil because the military is very open on this. They are they are willing to step in and do what needs to be done. They are probably slightly biased to Bolsonaro. Yeah, if you and so up, they are the the strong arm. And so it'll be interesting to and, see how it plays out. Go ahead and bring up my Twitter. And I just tweeted out um, while you're talking. Uh, thousands of protesters have been camped in front of the army headquarters in Brazil for 50 days. So you can see them actually camped out asking for help. I don't, I don't see this ending um, the way that the globalists would like it to end. I just don't. I don't know. Um, I will say... You have a Brazilian pastor asylum in Israel after being threatened by the corrupt judiciary for questioning the election. Wow. So, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, and I know you guys might not be happy with me because I know you guys love Donald Trump. I know you do. I know most of you do. Some of you who watch my show are, are fed up, and that's fine. Donald Trump met with the law, Lincoln Log, Log Lincoln, Lincoln Log, whatever, Republicans who, are, who push for more, um, less religious conservatism to, to, to push Christianity out. They actually campaigned heavily against a, uh, a conservative Christian who believed in marriage between a man and a woman. They campaigned against that person in Texas. Wow. So Trump meets with them this weekend with the, the LGBT movement and all the gay Republicans. And I'm not against gay Republicans. But a while back, we had a lot of gay conservatives who said, we just want our lifestyle not to be criminalized. We just don't want to be marginalized. And we do believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman. Yeah. 
even a Milo Yiannopoulos would say marriage should be between a man and a woman. And then he goes and marries a black guy. Okay. And then he, he says that he's not gay. He got rid of the gay. And then he's, Milo has gone off the rails. He is not well. He is not part of us. He's not one of us. I'm just telling you, I have, I denounce Milo <laughs> If I, any support of him, he has gone off the rails. Um, demonic possession. I don't know what's going on with that guy. It's just bad. Um, and he's trying to throw Trump under the bus. But we have to recognize, you know, in Brazil, the conservatives in Brazil stand more for Christian principles mm -hmm. and cultural issues that they know destroy the fabric of, of society that God has set up. So God has certain laws. And I was reading today in the Founder's Bible, which you can get off. You can get 20% off of uh, using the promo code Resistance Chicks. And they do have the heirloom edition. Uh, they have a hardback edition still, but they do have the heirloom um, leather bound if you if you want to get Seriously, that. Seriously, just get a whole case of them for people for Christmas. That's what we did last year. Yeah. Um, so it's reading in there, going back to the 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 Noah Covenant. It's very interesting because when our Declaration of Independence, and this reaches worldwide, by the way, writes life, liberty, and property, or life's liberty in the pursuit of happiness. This actually goes back to Genesis. Okay, and the dominion mandate and the covenant that God made with Adam and then the covenant he made with Noah. Okay, and so when you look at the covenant God is or, and, and the and the kind of the the essence that God lays down for both Adam and Noah pre-Abraham. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, it is life, liberty and property. So you're taking dominion of the earth. You've got property. Go and increase and multiply, which means you have a right to life. Um, you have, and then, and take dominion, which is to take, um, the natural resources of this earth and to reconfigure them and use them. Yeah. Okay. So that's liberty. You have liberty to do that. So life, liberty, and property are all in the Noah covenant and the Abrahamic covenant. It goes down to all people. So whether you're in Brazil, whether you're in America, whether you're in Poland, we we all have a covenant with God and we all have the right to life, liberty, and this pursuit of happiness, to property. But that covenant works when we are lined up with God's laws. Okay, so he made them in the beginning. He made them male and he made them female. And then he said, go and, and have children and create life. And he put Adam and Eve together. There was no either, even marriage ceremony. He just showed you a man and a woman joined together um, and a rib is taken out of Adam. He's missing something. She's missing something. And together you can do life together. And it's beyond just being able to have kids. And I think conservatives are like, yeah, but a man and woman, it takes women and woman, man and woman to have kids. That removes the basis of a man has certain qualities that a woman doesn't have. And a woman, he took an, a, a rib. He, Adam's missing something. Okay. When he saw Eve, he said, oh, I'm complete now. I'm complete. If he had had another man, that was that wasn't the point. God could have created a hundred different men. He what he did was he created something to complement Adam, and Adam was missing something. And then when he got Eve, he said, "Now I'm fulfilled." And Eve was the fulfillment. And and so when you see two people together, when you see a male and a female together, okay, this is the the balancing act that God has for all of hum, humankind, okay. And then God created. A, a, a sexual function, okay? 
and he created men to have half of that and women to have half of that. Okay. And then he said, don't, don't go, men, don't go and use your half with another half that's like you, because that's not what I created that to do. And that will actually bring corruption to the earth if you do that. And women, don't, don't leave what I've created for you to do with a man. Don't go try to do something weird with a woman. That's not what I created you to do. It'll bring corruption into the earth. It's, it's against the laws of nature. Don't break those laws of nature. Here's the thing, guys. We, it's like, yeah, you can put fertilizer in the ground, but you're, you're, uh, by chemical fertilizer, but you're breaking the laws of nature. It, it might actually not be so bad in the short term. Yeah. And that's the same thing with LGBT. And I would say I am going to make a comparison and maybe this might get me kicked off of Facebook. If some left-wing person ends up watching my video back someday, it's great. Cause we're so censored. Only people <laughs> who want to watch us are here. So you all, agree I'm with so us glad you guys are here. So we don't have enough trolls yet to, um, like we did on, on YouTube. I, I miss them. But, I do not miss them. Um, I, I do. I do. I miss them. You I miss, miss them. them. Um, they're like my, it's like swimming without a diving board. You know, you get to dive. It gives you a jump. A, I don't even get that comparison. Well, when they come at me with an, like a negative, then it helps me I think get you. I get of you. something else. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. Okay. Uh, so I miss it. I miss the conversation. Anybody here, feel free to leave some controversial comments uh, to the things that Leah's saying. Yeah. Give her something. Come give her on. A something, come something. on. Give me something to, to, to bounce off of. Um, Anyways, so when I'm looking at Brazil, they might get their election fixed. The only way you can weed out corruption is by not being corrupt yourself. Boom. Okay. And by doing it in the power and the love of God. Okay. And so when you're in the power and the love of God, then God can move on your behalf. And so Donald Trump um, just this week met with these um, conservative LGBT people. And that wasn't my problem. Okay, my problem was that he praised the Biden administration, and I know this is world news, and I know I have so many stories, I'm so sorry. The Biden administration's uh, Marriage Equality Act, which will see conservatives um, censored. And what this does is it, it, it elevates an LGBT marriage on the basis of like race. So if you don't believe in interracial marriages or if you don't serve people or if you don't do like, let's say you don't do a wedding cake for a white and a, and a black person, okay, they're going to compare that now to LGBT. Wow. Okay. And so if you're not going to do art for LGBT, they're going to compare that for not doing art between a black and a white person. Mm-hmm. And then that, that's their basis. And, and so that's underlying. And so for Donald Trump to praise it and for all these conservative Republicans who about 10 years ago said, we don't want to take marriage. We know we're going to do our thing over here. We know that marriage is between a man and a woman. And you had gay conservatives who, guess what? Every single gay person in the entire world has a mom and a dad. And every single gay person in this entire world wanted and wants a loving mother and a loving father. If you could choose, if you could choose the best family in the entire world, every person on the planet is going to choose to have a loving mom and a loving dad grow up and love each other for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And so they would choose <clears throat> to have marriage be between a man and a woman. And so it's cognitive dissonance. And so I just want to throw that out there. So, okay, punchline though, punchline though, like you just said, 
And I if you want to, my hand, if you want to weed out corruption, you have to be incorrupt, uncorrupt yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that Brazil may actually see their elections righted, where we are struggling here in America to do so because of the righteousness factor. Yeah, and this goes into my next story. Now I'm going to go check on the doc. Okay, men are men. A Norwegian artist is facing criminal charges and potential prison uh, time over gender comments. So a woman in Norway, and uh, Michelle and I are, you guys know we're Scandinavian, so our grandfather came over from um, Norway, our great-grandfather came over from Norway, uh, he was half Norwegian, and he he was half Norwegian and half Swedish, my grandmother was Norwegian, great-grandmother, anyways, we're, we're a little bit Norwegian, mostly Swedish. Uh, so, uh, a, we- a woman, and I can't imagine this. I cannot imagine this in Norway, uh, at all. Uh, a woman in Norway is facing criminal charges and a possible prison sentence uh, for up to three years for stating that men cannot be lesbians. Uh, so I'm not going to be able to pronounce her name. Tanjay, uh, how do you guys do the J's there in, in Norwegian? Jevejon, a, a lesbian artist, was notified on November 17th. But she's under police investigation for hate speech over a statement she posted on Facebook. In her post, she railed against trans-identified males who call themselves lesbians and condemned trans activists who seek to criminalize women who oppose gender ideology. It's just as impossible for men to become lesbian as it is for men to become pregnant. Men are men regardless of their sexual fetishes. She particularly singled out the actions of prominent Norwegian trans activist uh, Christine Gentoff, a man who claims to be a lesbian mother and who currently serves as a representative for the nation's leading trans activist group, uh, Foreign FRI. So uh, Gentoff has been at the center of a clash between women rights activists and Norway's hate speech legislation, which was revised in 2020. The amendments, which went into effect last year, included the category of gender identity or gender expression, a move women rights uh, campaigners in the nation warned would result in a chill over free speech, especially where it related to the reality of biological sex. Earlier this year, Gentoff filed criminal charges against Christina uh, Ellingson, a representative of Women's Declaration International of Norway, for stating that men can neither be lesbians nor mothers. As reported by the Redoux in May, a police investigation was launched into Ellingson's alleged transphobia. transphobia and like uh, Javon, she is facing up to three years in prison if found guilty. Uh, Javon, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, I'm not sure, says her Facebook statement had been a deliberate effort to call attention to the hate speech law. She did this by quoting the first statement prosecuted as a hate speech by law, where a man was convicted over the use of the sentence, uh, men who uh, perma-live as though they are little girls in reference to trans-identified males. In addition to calling out Gentoff, this, the, the, um, the, one, the woman going to face prison, uh, also turned her attention towards Norwegian politicians who have supported the legislative ad- uh, adoption of gender identity at the expense of women's rights. One such politician uh, of the Labor Party is the current Minister of Culture and Equality. During an open discussion opened by the, uh, hosted by the Labor Party last year, um, this uh, activist here basically questioned how she intended to protect the rights of women and girls and whether she believed that men could be lesbians. I absolutely believe... I absolutely necessary. It's it is. I believe it's absolutely necessary to place biological sex on the basis in all contexts where uh, sex has legal, cultural, and practical relevance, and that equating sex with gender identity has harmful, discriminatory consequences for women and girls, especially lesbians. 
Uh, will the equality minister take action to ensure that lesbian women's human rights are safeguarded, making it clear that there are no lesbians with male genitalia and that males cannot be lesbians regardless of their gender, gender identity? And by tidying up the mess of the harmful gender policies left behind uh, by the previous uh, government. The response was, I do not share an understanding of reality where only two biological sexes can be understood as sex. Gender identity is also important. Last year, while the role of equality minister, uh, this woman was featured in a video promoting the political goal of a government-sanctioned third gender category. The short film portrayed women dressed in uniforms seen in the popular, te there's a popular television series Handmaid's Tale acting as birthing women for gay men. Uh, the, and actually that video here to show you, I'm not going to play this video because I watched it and I thought, oh, maybe I can play this on my show. I can't play that on my show because these people are so daggum perverted that I can't show it. And, and that is where this all goes. Okay. There was just a drag queen story hour where a guy, um, uh, did something for, for, it was supposed to be for everybody. Not story hour, drag queen show. It was supposed to be family friendly. I can't tell you what this guy did, but it was so perverted that I almost tossed my cookies and it just came up on my Twitter feed. So be careful guys, what you're, what you're retweeting out because you don't want that stuff stuck in people's minds. Yeah. These people are so perverted. This little Norwegian uh, minister of culture and equality is so perverted Okay, we have to call this out. Come on. And I've been seeing people on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of uh, male manliness. They want a lot of men are questioning why aren't men in church and and why is where's the masculine biblical ma masculinity? They should be calling this out, and they're not because they're stuck uh, addicted to porn. And here's the thing: you can't call out perversion when you live with it in your brain, but. The men who are calling it out, the men who go after the, the gender craziness, the men who stand up and do what's right in the love of God, okay, they attract other men into the church yeah. and into the body of Christ. And there's a whole big debate going on right now it, whether you should have church on December 25th and, and real churches are going to have you meet. And, and the Bible says, forsake not the fellowship of the brethren. Well, the Bible doesn't say you have to meet every single Sunday of the entire year. And if you do not, then somehow you don't love Jesus. Okay, so I understand that you don't want people to go culturally to the wayside. I understand if you're the pastor of the church and you should probably, you need to keep your church open but making everybody else come and be with you is, That's a good point. is not is not uh, you're not making a biblical stance and it's very strange because people are saying i'm doing this as a loving sacrifice or my loving duty or my my duty to jesus no there's no duty that you owe to jesus your duty is to stand up against corruption okay to me and if you don't go if you don't meet together on a certain day you're not denying the lord jesus christ now i encourage people to go to church i encourage people to definitely don't forsake fellowship with other, other Church Christians. Church on Sunday on Christmas Sunday sounds absolutely amazing yeah. to me. Right. Like, I can't a imagine of, a more a wonderful lot of day. are canceling service. And they shouldn't though. I don't think that churches should cancel service, but you made but a really good point. it should be open as in, hey, this is going to be great. We're going to do some worship. We're going to do some it carols. It should be fun. What I'm yeah. saying is you said 
pastors should should keep their churches open, but they should not force their congregants or pressure, I should say, pressure their congregants to come and be there. They should just say, hey, this is a great thing. We're going to be open. And you, of course, we hope that you want to come. But if you don't and you can't, we understand. I mean, listen, most kids wake their parents up at the daggum crack of dawn. You should be done with your Christmas and be able to go to church by, you know, by the time church is, is open. I'm just saying, like, but being compelled and, and pressured to go, I think, is wrong. But I do believe that these churches churches should and stay open. The if thing, there's a day you should be open, it's Christmas Day. A lot of people are meeting with their families. A lot of people are traveling. A lot of people have families <clears throat> that aren't Christians. And that's the only day that they can get together. So don't beat your family over the head. Um, in the UK, uh, over <laughs> 400 hotels are being used to house illegal migrants. I shouldn't laugh. Okay. For, they're up in hotels while UK, uh, UK military families are left shivering in mold-eaten, unheated homes. You're kidding. Yeah. So hundreds of active military servicemen and their families have been housed in moldy homes with no heating or hot water as the government continues to host illegal migrants in plush conditions. Remember the castle that they mm. wanted to rent out? Why that are... Is really nice. This is all virtue signaling okay once you're here's the thing it's like the enticement like um you get a sam's card right they give you a discount for to our get in. world news viewers that's a buying club okay you get into yeah a buying club costco you guys know you probably have one so you get in and they give you a discount to get in yeah right and then you got to pay the, the the regular dues over and over again yeah. right and so once you're in the uk Right. And once you, you don't, you're, there's no virtue signaling to actually do the right thing to care about pe people. There's no caring about people. Okay. When it comes to the Ukraine right now and Russia, they don't care. It's, it's, it's right now in Syria. Did mm -hmm. you guys know that that uh, country is on the brink of collapse because of the war and everything that went on in Syria? The people are really suffering. The families are you really mean the suffering. the thing that we started? <clears throat> yeah. And nobody, all of a sudden, nobody cares about people in Syria anymore. We were supposed to care about the care about the Syrians. Now, it's you have to care about the Ukrainians, okay? And and it's all this like jump to jump to jump to, and it's never you're never really caring about the people because if you did, you wouldn't leave them behind mm. to move on to the next person to care about, right? Okay, so here you have. Uh, the service families here, British soldiers and their families have been forced to huddle under sleeping blankets uh, this weekend as hundreds of army homes continue to have no working heat amid delayed repairs. Others have reported that their homes are riddled with mold and are damp despite pri a private contractor receiving 144 million pounds in March to revamp 46,000 homes. But they're not doing it because I'm sure they pocketed the money. They're slow rolling it saying we need more money. Uh, Army Captain Will Matthews, who has done four tours in Afghanistan, Bosnia and Iraq, posted a video on social media. Um, I don't know if his video is up. Here it is. If you um, scroll down to Captain Williams RE here and this Breitbart video, Breitbart story. Um, he says he's tired of living like this. Volume. Okay. Oh. oh. No, you can't live like that. You can't live there. You need to get out now. Talk to Shemaine Nugent about what living with toxic... Oh, no, 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 no. Wow. Wow. He says, 
Uh, I'm tired of living like this. Cupboards unusable due to never-ending damp mold. Drafty windows, no loft insulation. Cold house all the time, damp everywhere. At least it's not where our baby sleeps either. Oh, wait, hang on. I've been reporting it since July to get it fixed in time for winter, yet here we are. A military mother whose children are age 7 and 2 claimed that her youngest child had come down with croup, resulting from the need for an inhaler, claiming that she had been stonewalled for hours when trying to contact this company. She said, it's heartbreaking. My children are struggling. Uh, they've been up all night coughing. Speaking to the Daily Mail, a senior military source confirmed that hundreds of people were impacted, saying it's the contractor and lack of investment over years. It's a disgrace. We continue to spend so much money on defense and treat people like this. I haven't seen it this bad before, and the babies are getting it Ooh. in response to the growing scandal defense secretary ben wallace said he had directed those responsible for accommodation services to up their game i shall be speaking no 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 illegal migrants goodbye you you're going to a hotel and we're keeping you in a nice hotel and we're feeding you food because you've served this country until we get your house fixed yeah because here's the thing y'all i i am not a socialist Okay, there is there are just a few things that governments should spend their money on. Okay, that is your military. When you tell them this is your housing, okay, this is your military housing, it better be up to snuff. Okay, and this is why you know and this is why government spending always goes awry, and it you know probably should go back go to I, I'm sure they they uh, they went with some private company here Pinnacle. And they're not doing, they're not doing it. So this is, this shows me that Sunak and all these different people um, in the UK, these, your leadership, they really don't care. Everything they do is a virtue signal. It's like a signal in the air. It means nothing. It poofs away. Just like with Harry and Meghan, who say that they're climate activists and then they get on their private jet and they skitter around the world and they cry and complain because when they... They went to Canada, and Canada is kind of like somehow under part of the UK, and they have some sort of, I don't know, thing going on to where Canada would provide service, uh, security services for UK royals. I don't know. You guys know how this works, okay? It's like your head is still the queen. I don't know how that works. Um, but they were upset because uh, Canada stopped providing their security. And like, what about baby Archie? I mean, we're royals. We need security. And, and Canada, you should pay for it. And then they, in their little stupid Netflix documentary, uh, they went, they, they literally said, we're on our freedom flight from Canada to the U.S. And I... they went and stayed with Tyler <clears throat> Perry for weeks. And, like, they were staying in, in, in somebody's basement with, you know, cockroaches or something. Here's what I would do in a situation like this, okay? If I was that guy, and I don't know, can we, like, tweet this out to this person? I would... Take a um, a box knife, and I would cut out those sections of drywall that have mold in them, and I would march them into my commander's office, and I would set it on the desk, and I would say, I am living with this. My infant child is living with this. People can get sick and die from toxic mold, and I'm going to continue to cut out every part of this housing and bring it to your desk every day until it's fixed. There you go. All right, so in Sweden, we're moving over from Sweden to from Norway to Sweden. So the Swedish populace. Wait, were we just in the UK? Well, we, before that, we were in Norway with the okay, les, yeah. with the lesbian. Yeah. So uh, Swedish populists have been compared to uh, Vladimir Putin after attempting to halt a drag queen story time. Why is this universal? This is a show on Sundays where we connect the dots. 
Okay, because America's doing Drag Queen Story Hour. Now they have to do it in Sweden. Okay, this is this is all a push. This is a satanic push. This is how you know it's a spiritual battle. Okay, members of the populist Swedish Democrats were compared to the Putins uh, after they attempted unsuccessfully to have the Drag Queen Story Show for Children canceled at a library in Trelleborg. The rhetoric we hear could have come directly from Vladimir Putin's mouth, said Stenve. Uh, it's not unexpected. This is exactly what we see in authoritarian regimes and leaders where you start to suspect and attack the LGBTQI people, she says, according to the report by public broadcaster SVT. The Swedish Democrats Party Secretary uh, Matthias Abakastrom Johnson Johansson defended the uh, uh, SD's attempt to have the drag queen st uh, show canceled, saying, uh, These are the grown men dressed up as women uh, who have the names like a Mrs. Shameless and a wine whore who are supposed to talk about the norms with sexual elements for children who are two to seven years old. I think it goes without saying that you should see this as inappropriate. The dispute follows the Russian government recently expanding existing laws against the promotion of LGBT, quote, propaganda in books, television, films, and social media. Despite the SD's efforts to have the Drag Queen story time canceled, the Cultural Committee in Trelleborg voted early this week to have the performance go ahead. It is especially a point, a point important that we in the politics keep an arm to length distance from the culture. We set the goals and then it is the officials who plan the business. Uh, the two drag queens set to perform were Lady Busty and Miss Shameless, have been the subject of controversy in the past in Sweden. The pair have been performing for children in libraries for several years and have been active in the multicultural city of Malmö, Malmö where they have been performing since 2018. Last month, a library employee in Malmö was subjected to alleged death threats linked to drag queen story time because that is a uh, kind of a no-go zone. So that, uh, they're going there just to, I don't know. Get the migrants to accept them? I'm not exactly sure. All right, let's go over to the Ukraine for a little bit, but let's start in Poland. So the Polish police chief has been hospitalized after firing a grenade launcher that was gifted to him by the Ukraine. <laughs> so Shizmikshik, commander-in-chief wow. of the police, I don't know, you try pronouncing that, was injured after the authorities described a violent release of energy at police headquarters in the Polish capital, Warsaw. Prosecutors are investigating an act consisting of unintentionally causing a violent release of energy that threatened the life and health of many people and property. Poland's interior minister has characterized the incident as an explosion in a room next to the office of the police chief. Uh, one of the uh, presents the police chief received during his working visit to Ukraine uh, on December 11th and 12th has exploded. The Polish side has asked the Ukrainian side to provide an explanation. Polish media outlets such as Onet and the country's most popular news outlet uh, claims to have received information that... Sismchik. That's better. I like that one. Sismchik. Himself caused the explosion by firing the gift from one of the heads of the Ukrainian services described as a grenade launcher in the belief that it was unloaded. Oh, boy. You know, and we've said this on the show, and it bears repeating. Just don't handle a weapon as if it's unloaded. You always handle a weapon as if it's loaded, even if it's a grenade launcher. I wonder how this... It goes without saying I wonder how this me. conversation went, but this, this explosion is said to have damaged three floors. You know, is of it, the building. Does it really seem like and a mistake, two other people. though? Like, do you get to go grenade launcher, oops? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think there's an oops with a grenade launcher. Like, I didn't know it was loaded. 
There, if you're holding a grenade launcher, you see the grenade in the launcher. Um, I'm just gonna throw that out there. I mean, I, I, I don't know much about grenade launchers. That much I know. So, um, a security source said, I know there was no criminal intent, but the commander-in-chief illegally smuggled weapons across the border. He later <clears throat> used it illegally, putting many people at risk. He should be charged. Nonetheless, uh, having now left the hospital, to Polish media reports, schism check has not been questioned by prosecutors. They're probably going to keep this on the down low, but I'm wondering how this goes. Yeah, you, you got all these guns. You know, you got weapons, right? Can I have weapons? You get all this money. You get all this money and weapons from okay, the United so States. There are apparently various types of grenade launchers. Can I have I one? I am envisioning a, a a little bit something different. So again, I don't know a lot. So here we go. Um, I'm going to take it down on Facebook for showcasing grenade launchers. But uh, I'm assuming it was something like this. So not knowing that this is loaded, it, it, clearly you may not see the grenade in there. However, it goes back to... Grenade launcher safety. You don't know how it went down. He smuggled it. He took it in in from Ukraine. He got it. He wanted it. He wanted weapon. He wanted grenade launcher. He wanted to have fun. He wanted to say, I have grenade launcher. So he comes over. He goes over for souvenir. You know, lots of men love big guns. Okay? He goes over to Ukraine. I want souvenir. Hey, here's grenade launcher. America spend lots of money on us. Here, here's a gift for you. You take grenade launcher. You go. Okay, I go. Oh, hey, hey, friends. Look what I got from Ukraine. I got grenade launcher. Look at this. Boom. These people are who you're sending your money to. Well, it was the Polish guy. Ukraine gives him grenade launcher. He gives it to him. Hey, I, how does this go down? How does he end up with one? I'm sure it was a conversation between two guys. Hey, can I have your grenade launcher? Sure, here, take this. Hey, did you tell him it was loaded? No. <laughs> <laughs> did you tell him how to use it? He'll figure it out. That's really funny, Leah. That's probably <laughs> how that went down. I'm just wow. saying. All right, so Russia is in erecting a, a, a protective dome over the largest Ukrainian nuclear plant. Russian state media has cited the words of a senior official in the Russian-backed administration of Zaporizhia uh, region, uh, Vladimir uh, Rogov, to report that Russian technicians are... This is like reading... Um, doing our world news is like reading uh, the names from the Old Testament. I'm impressed that you guys stick through us trying to read these names. Uh, are constructing a protective dome. Michelle does a really good job, I, I, I have to say, it. over uh, spent radioactive fuel stores at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. According to the Russian media reports, the dome is designed to protect the storage facilities from shrapnel and improvised explosive devices carried by drones. Uh, this is uh, this as Russia's nuclear energy corporation. Uh, Rosatom has earlier warned that damage to the spent fuel containers risks a release of radioactive material into the atmosphere with unpredictable consequences. The Kremlin has for the past few months accused Ukrainian forces of dangerous shelling and missile attacks on the facility, which remains Europe's largest nuclear power plant. But Ukrainian forces have instead said it is in reality Russian forces that are using the sensitive site as a as nuclear blackmail and as recently alleged uh, uh russia's military is setting up missile batteries at the plant 
escalating the situation further. I don't think Russia wants a nuclear war. I don't think they're trying to try to blow up your plant. Uh, both sides have accused the other of seeking to create a false flag incident at the plant, which could involve radiation leaks. The U.S. and allies, as well as the International Atomic Energy, has, uh, which has kept inspectors on location, have long been pushing to establish a demilitarized zone at the plant. Um, so there haven't been and there aren't any heavy weapons at the power stations, but they are trying to put a lid on it. <laughs> literally. Quite Can literally. we get the lid for this? Yeah! <laughs> That's really good. How does this go? We got conversation. We have military people. Hey, you know that nuclear power plant. It could go sideways. You know? Anybody? Did you see the one time um, Ukraine launched a, a, a missile at itself? Yes, we did see that. Yeah. So they're like, I don't know these people know how to use a weapon, man. Okay? We must protect. Where? How do we? How do we? How do we stop a nuclear? Because here's the thing, Ukraine is next to Russia. Russia doesn't want your radiation. Okay. Russia's not gonna. Russia doesn't want it. Okay. We put a lid on it. Like a pot. <laughs> like a pot lid. This is. They're sitting around. These military guys are sitting around. Like a pot. Like a lid on a pot. Can we do that? And people are like, Can we do that? Can we like? Because like, want to be some leak somehow? Like radiation? Can you? Can you put a lid on it? Can you put a dome on the whole thing? I don't know. I don't know how this works. Put a dome on it. You know, we're just not at that, like, um, force field level yet. Nope. You know? So we are not. So, unfortunately, it's going to have to be physical there. So, Britt Baza says, um, did the policeman of Poland have a permit to take it across the border? I bet he didn't. Uh, he also says, I don't think anyone would be as stupid to blow up a nuclear power plant, especially after the Chernobyl meltdown. It sent a massive nuclear fallout cloud over Europe and the UK when it blew up. Very true. So remember when uh, the, the Nord Stream pipelines were blown up? You guys remember that? Yeah, very recent history. Yeah, <clears throat> so a lot of people were guessing that that was Poland. Mm. And right afterwards, Poland announced its new pipeline. You guys, if it looks like a duck, and quack, it quacks quack. like a duck, and it walks like a duck, okay? And it's got that so, cute little tail. That so Europe to... has mm -hmm. capped Russian oil payments. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, today, this week, it was today or this week, uh, Russian uh, exports of oil were, like, halved. But Poland... Lo and behold, right, has uh, made a deal to supply crude uh, to former Rostov refinery in Germany. So Germany and Poland have finalized a an agreement that will see Poland supply enough crude to Germany's um, Schwedt refinery that is uh, that it seized from Russia in September to run at a capacity of 70% from January, meaning it will no longer need Russian crude. Da da da. Berlin has set a target to eliminate Russian oil imports by the end of the year and has been working with Poland to secure the supply for Schwedt, which provides 90% of Berlin's fuel. The supply proposal will see two to three ships loaded with 100,000 tons of crude each, uh, each month. Back in September, Germany seized the local unit of Russian oil major uh, uh, Rosneft, including three oil refineries, as Berlin goes for a radical overhaul of its economy, hoping to control its industrial base and prevent shortages and blackouts this winter. 
uh, Rostov protested against the seizure, calling it illegal and saying it amounts to an exportation of equity assets in which it had invested $4.6 billion in refining capacity. In a company statement, the Russian oil giant said it will consider all possible measures to protect its shareholders, including legal action. Together, the three refineries run by uh, Rosneft, uh, Germany, provide some 12% of Germany's total refining capacity. So I'm just telling you guys, behind the scenes, there are big dolls making big decisions, and people's lives are at risk. But and let's talk about the fact that all of this... Honestly, when we're talking about Ukraine and Russia and, and this war, we're being told that it's for all these different reasons that it's happening. Putin saying, you know, the Ukraine is, you know, posturing and, and all of that. And you've got the, um, you know, NATO putting weapons too close to their border and we're going to free the, you know, all these different regions and yada, yada, yada. And then Ukraine is, is, is saying it's this X, Y, Z. When it boils down to it, gas, oil, petroleum of any kind, and money, and money laundering, that's what every war has to do with, okay? It's always about money and oil. Like, that's what it boils down to. Every once in a while, you got a little bit of control, okay? But most of the time, that's what this is about. And so let's not be fooled that they're playing with the devil's toys. Mm. That's why here at Resistance Chicks, we're like, hey, guys, maybe we should dial back the way that we live in modern society. Maybe having a wood-burning stove instead of being reliant on gas and electricity. And maybe we could do horses and buggies instead of cars. Like, And everyone goes apoplectic. When we, when we talk about that, oh, you can't. You could never live that way. Society did for literally 6,000 years minimum, okay? It's just going past less than 100 years. We could never. Oh, my. I'm like, um, maybe that was God's best. Maybe gas and oil is a Tower of Babel type thing. So, yes, I'm coming to you through electricity and electronics and all of these, this technology but truly, guys, I just want to get married, live on a farm, and live Amish, right? We're here because we have to take back our society. And in order to do that, we have to use the devil's weapons. But that doesn't mean that we say, hey, these are God's tools. Because mm -hmm. I truly do not believe that they are. And when you see the war and the destruction and the money and the lives and, and societies crumbling because of all of this, the Bible is very clear to judge things by their fruit. Mm. And the fruit of the Industrial Revolution is rotten to the core. Yeah, and also, you know, our friend Kansas was talking about weapons, how how um, Mike Adams <clears throat> was talking about, hey, you know, maybe you might have, like, a gravity bomb, but, like, all these... Like, how far do you keep going with weapons? Because yeah. weapons are designed to kill and destroy, okay? And do we really need all these weapons? You know, we have all these weapon manufacturers, and we're making all these weapons deals across the world, Okay. And you're looking at me. No. It's weird. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking uh, at you. You're talking. I'm looking at you. Okay. Uh, they make all these deals. We're sisters, by the way, if you didn't tell. <laughs> uh, they make all these deals with all these weapons, and they act like it's normal. Exactly. You act like it's normal. No, if you're sending a missile to Saudi Arabia, they're going to use it to, to, to hurt something. Yeah. Okay? If we're making missiles... Uh, anything should be done for defense. And now it's not about defense. It's about offense. But I do want to tell you a little bit about supposedly what's happening on in the Ukraine. You guys, Let me read a couple more comments okay. here. Um, 
Pat on Rumble says communist propagandizers. Eastern Church of Poland and uh, Japan, Germany, Russia, Greece, and Bulgaria. Wicked Psych says it's lots of politicians wealthy from wars. It's also about weapon sales. It, um, and I agree with that. It, a lot of it has to do with weapon sales, for sure. Okay, so in uh, the Ukrainian capital of Kiev, uh, reportedly endured one of the fiercest attacks of the war to date, with half of Russia's cruise missiles targeting the city. Residents fled into bomb shelters as explosions were reported across the city. Problems with the power grid occurred nationwide. Railroads were shut down, and at least three civilian casualties occurred in different cities. A Ukrainian commander in Kiev claimed one of the <coughs> Russian missiles was brought down by machine gun fire, a feat he uh, conceded was almost impossible, but it was done. Kiev Mayor um, Klitschkov uh, said he thought Russian leader Putin was trying to freeze Ukrainians into submission by knocking out the power grid shortly before Christmas. Uh, we may lose electricity and gas supply as attacks on, on gas production enterprises continues. Uh, we, there may be attacks on gas distribution networks. So there's a lot of there may be, there may be, there may be. Uh, he did say that uh, I asked you to be patient for what is happening. I know that your houses have no light, no heating, no water supply. Again, how come there is no real reporting on the ground? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 this is, to me, I feel like even just talking about it is propaganda. But uh, obviously there's war going on and that's the updates that we have. We do know, however... That uh, Kiev has seized uh, the, the Russian Orthodox churches there. Uh, Ukraine has ratcheted up its campaign against a branch of the Eastern Orthodox Church with its ties to Russia. On the order of Zelensky, seven senior clerics from the Russian Orthodox Church will have their assets seized and face bans on a range of economic and legal activities. During his nightly video address on Sunday, Ukrainian president said, by decision of the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, sanctions were applied against seven people, adding that his administration is doing everything to ensure that the aggressor state does not have a single string of Ukrainian society to pull. According to routers, the new penalties mean that seven clerics will have their assets seized and are subject to a ban on a range of economic and legal activities, as well as a de facto travel ban. The vast majority of Ukrainians belong to Eastern Orthodox churches, with many worshiping in parishes that take direction from the Moscow, from Moscow uh, patriarch there. On December 1st, Zelensky announced that Kiev would attempt to expel all religious institutions with ties to Russia. Okay, so here you have the majority of Ukrainians belonging to the Eastern Orthodox Church, Russian Eastern Orthodox Church. And Zelensky said they would expel all religious institutions with ties to Russia. This sounds kind of communist, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, a move that would make it impossible for religious organizations affiliated with centers of influence in the Russian Federation to operate in Ukraine. The president went on to claim that the Russian Orthodox Church poses a threat to Ukrainian culture, saying we will never allow anyone to build an empire inside of Ukrainian soil. Additionally, no, inside the Ukrainian soul. Soul, sorry. <clears throat> that's a it's a that's a whole other statement there because essentially, yeah, right. sorry. Yeah. I mean, he's saying <clears throat> that that the the religion of the Russians, right, cannot contaminate. He's they're they're literally controlling religion in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. He said soul. He additionally denounced <clears throat> Ukrainians who continue to attend the alleged Russian control parishes as succumbing to the temptation of evil. Wow. And Kiev has conducted a series of raids on Russian Orthodox parishes and claims to have uncovered clerics attempting to subvert the Ukrainian government, uh, though has provided little evidence to support his assertions. Hmm. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, very, very. And again, it goes back to judging things by their fruit. When you start attacking church mm. and whether that church is of God or not, like, you know, 100%, 
the very idea that they're controlling religion mm -hmm. in the Ukraine is very alarming and shows, like we talked, I think we talked about this last week, we're, we're actually looking at a tyrannical dictatorship in oh. Ukraine. No one's talking about that. They're not a Western society like everyone's saying, okay? This is communist. This is a dictator. This is a dictator. Yeah. Um, so in France, there's someone trying to stop Christmas in France. Oh. A man yelling Alu Akbar has cut down the town Christmas tree. <laughs> A man yelling Allah Akbar has uh, been accused of cutting down a Christmas tree installed by a French town earlier this week and has been arrested by local police. The uh, <clears throat> felling of the Christmas tree took place on Wednesday in Lormont, a town located in the suburbs of the city of Bordeaux. The alleged vandal, said to be a resident of the neighborhood, arrived at the loca location of the tree on the Rue... Uh, just... Je, je, don't even try. Just It doesn't matter where it's at. He just cut down the tree. He did. The 39-year-old uh, managed to discreetly bring several tools with him to accomplish his deed. And he shouted, Alu Akbar. So that's actually really impressive that, that he could cut down this tree. I don't know how big it is. But um, I, I actually would like to um, pause and say a thank you that this is, if, if you had to do something, right? Um, you did not wear a suicide vest. You didn't go knifing people. No machetes. You know, there was no tree. blood shed. If if you need to express your anger at the Christian religion, but what's um, hilarious is that cutting down the tree. For a lot of Christians, they see the, the Christmas, Christmas tree as like pagan. pagan. I know. So like they see it, and oh, but this incident actually follows um, just days after a nativity scene in a suburb of the city of Strasbourg was allegedly set on fire. There were several fires at the level of the small animals and the little Jesus. But On they the were surveillance not real videos, no, uh, they were able to extract. We see two individuals stepping over the barricade to go into the nursery, which confirms the criminal trail. Everything will be done to find the perpetrators and assure, and assure that they are convicted. These apparently anti-Christian and anti-Christmas attacks are just the latest in France, however. In 2019, for example, a group of 50 or so far-left extremists stormed a nativity play in Toulouse involving children harassing and shouting people calling them fascists. So, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. In uh, Maloney's Italy, a Muslim mob stops police from shutting down their illegal mosque. So, a mob of Muslims in the Italian city of Florence blocked a local uh, bailiff from repossessing an illegal mosque, with hundreds of people preventing the police from entering. Uh, a bailiff and a local police attempted to take back a former garage in the Piezo de uh, Ciampi, uh, being used as a mosque after the owner of the property refused to renew the contract with its operator due to the money being owed. You owed money. It wasn't like you had a... So that was... No, don't shut down. Just pay the money, dude. <laughs> Time to drain the swamp. Orban says everyone knew EU was corrupt before the scandal. So we're going to talk about this EU scandal. All no, right? this is a bit... No, so we are transitioning to... This is a big... Uh, one of our bigger stories for today. Yeah. So if you're if you're just lollygagging about the house, listening to Christmas music and resistance chicks, Can you're going to want to pay really, attention to this. Uh, you know, this, this should shut down the EU, uh, but it won't. You know, it, it, it won't. This huge, it is a giant corruption scandal here happening with, with um, many, many um, EU um, people. It's called, Qatar, they're calling it Qatar, Qatar Gate. Gate. So before we get to Victor Orban here, let's kind of refresh you. Nigel Farage says he feels Qatar corruption oh. scandal very personally after being put through hell. Do we have a video by to Brussels. Watch? It won't let me see it. No. 
Um, no, it's not. It's not. I don't think they have one. It's here. just telling me my ad blocker is blocking this video. Oh. Whatever that is. Oh, okay. You might find it. Maybe you could find some. Oh, then turn off your ad blocker. All right, are we going to watch that video, though? That's my yeah. question. All right, here we go. I bet it has an ad on it. It does. You might have to pause it. You might have to mute it. All right, we're going to mute the ad. We're going to mute. We're going to do the 25-second ad. Holy cow! Do you want to just, like... Hang on, let me... Let me. We'll just share... Let me... Here yeah. we go. Carry on. So, Nigel Raj says he feels like the Qatar corruption scandal uh, is very personal to him because um, he was put through a series of horrible, awful things like while he was an MEP there. And now you've got these uh, leaders in Brussels who have been taking money. Remember last week when we covered, they were they found hundreds of thousands of dollars and stuffed in like people's drawers and stuff. As yeah, your chair's going down. Your chair's going down. So when we move the studio upstairs, maybe one of the... <laughs> Upgrades his new chair. How do you how do you fix? There's got to be ways. It's a great chair. They're hydraulic chairs, by the way. Is there a way to fix the hydraulic? Would you like to switch me? No. Chairs. Go ahead. Keep going. Are we ready for Nige? Yeah. Okay, that was hilarious. By the way. Oh my gosh. Here, wait, wait, wait. Here, we're we're gonna make this big here. We'll make Nige really big. Boom. of the country, not all, but much of the country did come to a standstill at seven o'clock on Saturday, the World Cup football quarterfinal against France. And it was a very, very disappointing result. Poor old Harry Kane, the captain, missing that second penalty. It's always penalties, isn't it? It's normally extra time penalties. This one was quite close to full time. So great disappointment. But I have to say, I thought England played really, really well. And I like this team. Because you know what? It's not full of prima donnas. It's not full of yobs. It seems to work together. They behave themselves. And the manager has brought some dignity and respectability to football. And he may be a bit cautious at times, but I very much hope that Gareth Southgate stays. By contrast, cricket has been completely transformed in Britain by that man, Ben Stokes, since he became captain. He's virtually won every single test match. We've literally lost one moment. 16 apartments in Brussels raided by the police on Saturday morning. They were the apartments of MEPs and a couple of former MEPs in the European Parliament, mostly from the Socialist Group. 600,000 euros in notes found in those raids. Four people have been arrested, one of them a senior political figure, as she is a vice president of the European Parliament. The thought is that the money has come from Qatar. Uh, I'm told from Brussels tonight by several sources, expected to be many more raids on Brussels officials to come over the course of the next few days. And I feel this very personally, because for years, myself and my colleagues were put through hell by OLAF, the fraud office of the European Parliament. I went through five big inquiries. Even since we left the European Union, I had another legal case, a very expensive legal bill, to prove my innocence after I was accused of misusing public funds. They never, ever found that I had. But funny, isn't it? 
Every time there was an investigation, they told the Times newspaper before they told me. And yet all of this has been going on at the heart of Brussels for years. Never mind, someone new's moving to Brussels. This should cheer you all up. Former Prime Minister Sir Tony Blair, who two weeks ago told the Labour Party that it was very important for Britain and for the Labour Party to have a policy of absolutely mirroring rules that are made in the European Union, when well, his own company, his own consulting firm, is setting up a lobbying office in Brussels so that he can help to shift and change EU legislation. Mr Blair's company, a not-for-profit company, you understand, had revenues of £66 million last year. I'm sure you'll agree there is absolutely no potential conflict of interest whatsoever. Well said, Nigel. Well, no, much of the country. We heard you once. Yeah, so he was talking about Tony Blair there at the end, uh, the not-for-profits, and I bet that's for tax purposes. Because I bet you don't, you're not charged the same on income from a nonprofit. You know, I feel sorry for these European MEPs. I mean, you get this position, right? And you get all this free stuff when you show up to the European Parliament. You get treated like royalty. But where's the money? Right? Show me the money. I need to be able to pocket me some cash. I need to be able to be bribed and bought off. And if it's Qatar that does it, do you know what? I earned this. I earned it. Uh, yeah, it. so uh, since erupting last weekend with poli police, police raids on MEPs' homes and offices in the European Parliament, the Qatargate scandal has done nothing but get bigger. Mushroom. What happened uh, what began as a criminal probe into current and former MEPs and parliamentary assistants implicated in a bribery ring aimed at burnishing the public image of the current World Cup host has widened significantly, not only in terms of the number of people involved, but also the number of organizations in third countries, which now include Morocco. As the scandal grows, both Parliament and the European Commission are locked in a frantic damage control mission. Uh, European uh, Parliament President um, Metsola on Thursday pledged to unveil a wide-range reform package in January, which will include measures to bolster whistleblower protections, a ban on all unofficial parliamentary friendship groups, such groups of MEPs discussing relations with non-EU countries, and a review of enforcement of the Code uh, of Conduct. So for the moment, almost all the focus is understandably on the European Parliament, but questions are beginning to be asked as to whether the fallout will spread to the EU's executive branch, the European Commission. Asked whether uh, he is worried about an outcome, um, Dieter, um, Dieter uh, Reinhardt, the EU Commissioner for Justice, told Politico that is uh, all the time a possibility. Uh, and then uh, von der Leyen herself, no stranger to corruption allegations, both in her native Germany and in Brussels. You know, of course, you know, we're, we're going to look this out. This is the biggest EU corruption scandal in years. Uh, up to 60 MEPs are now uh, um, now caught up in this, mainly socialists, because here's the thing about socialists and progressives and the left. This is Animal Farm. Money mm. for them, not for you. They will take your money, and then they'll pocket it for themselves. If you're not pocketed on the side, well, then you're a schmuck. Okay? Everybody should pocket on the side. That's what socialism is all about. They always Socialism always creates a side economy. Okay? Uh, the ongoing corruption scandal in the European Parliament, they may involve far more MEPs than Greek socialist uh, Eva Kali, Kali and former Italian MEP peer Antonio uh, Panzeri. Uh, who were both arrested last week and had 1.5 million euros seized from their homes by Belgian investigators. Uh, the pair Wait a minute, who has that much money in their houses? I mean, come on, this is not just any kind of like petty cash. This is not 
cash from the government to Qatar and Morocco. But Leah, that is so much cash. Yeah, the MEP uh, uh, Kaylee's father uh, being caught with a suitcase full of cash at a hotel in Brussels, as many as 60 MEPs, uh, most of which are said to be members of the Socialist and Reformers uh, uh, Parliamentary Group, may also be involved in the alleged corruption as part of a much larger network. If you're talking about 1.5 euros, million euros. And two people's house, just together. This is huge. So, like, you you started out to say, yeah. how can we even have a European Union anymore after this? Because I can guarantee you that this scandal goes so deep into so many pockets of people in the European Parliament. They're not there. I mean, this is just a party for them. This is a get rich and still have control. These are and people up, that you never would world. have known. Okay, so you've got um, a um, Morocco's ambassador to Poland. Okay, as a person of interest, his name was Atmon, is believed to have been behind gifts to both Mr. Penziri and his wife. Uh, the family is said to have used a credit card linked to a person only referred to as the giant. Oh, you're kidding. By the family, although it is unclear whether the ambassador the is the guy. giant. Yeah, communications between the family members were made public as part of the extradition request that saw Penziri's wife mention the family had paid as much as 100,000 euros for the Christmas holidays last year. Both the wife and the daughter of Penziri are in Italian custody. Both the wife and the daughter of this guy, this Italian guy, uh, having been arrested on December 8th and are likely to be extradited to Belgium, where they could face up to five years in prison. Greek MEP Eva uh, Kaylee, meanwhile, has been stripped of her position as a vice president of the European Parliament, uh, but is denied taking cash from the Qatari government. Yes, you should deny. Greek prosecutors announced Thursday that they, too, would be opening investigations to the activities of Kali, which include allegations of bribery, money laundering. Economic prosecutor um, Bardeskis has assigned two assistant prosecutors to this case. So, Wow. Ooh, going crazy. If you go to the article to the left, this is one of these what I call commercial breaks. Like, not political, not, like, world-shaking, but a picture of devastation. This is really sad. So, if you have kids in the room, oh dear. The largest cylindrical aquarium bursts. I wonder about this. No. With 1500 tropical fish inside. This terrifies me. 50 feet tall. 264,000 gallon aquarium containing 1500 tropical fish burst in a German hotel in the capital of Berlin Friday, sending fish and water through the lobby and into the street, along with all sorts of hotel debris from bellhop trolleys to twisted lamps. You scroll down here. Guests describe the scene on as a street strewn with dying fish, Aww. some which appear to have frozen to death in the 19-degree uh, frigid temperatures. Uh, and you can scroll down there. There's a video. I don't want to watch the video. I know. According to police, the aquarium known as the Aquadome exploded in the early morning. Two people injured by the glass were taken to hospital. Uh, there was about 100 firefighters at the scene. Um this is, this is, it is sad. I, I, I just, do I, I, I seriously, every time I see giant water things, I don't yeah. care if it's at the zoo or whatever, and it's just being down, there's another held video. by glass, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sorry. This is so not okay. Like, I'm very much against these things. I have to tell you. Yeah. So it was 46 feet high, 38 feet in diameter and costs about $13.6 million to build. It's been opened since 2003. It underwent a modernization procedure around two years ago. Um, and obviously that didn't stand. Jeez. 
You know, it makes me wonder about these when you have the the giant water tanks, right? Because our friend um, keeps fish like pretty adamantly, like very serious about the fish keeping that she does. And I did not realize prior to her keeping fish how important water changes are, right? And so I just wonder about these giant tanks, about the water change. I mean, the the, the way that the water has to be just right, and you got to get rid of the chlorine, and you can't it, you can't have the um, ratios off, and I just you know your pH balance, these big. Uh, how are they doing it with these know. giant tanks? That's a good question. I'm against it. Totally against it. I was All right, also thinking so today. I'm against zoos. Orban, Orban, let's let Orban weigh in on you this um, EU um, corruption scandal. Okay, Have we got a video of Orban here. No, oh, I don't think so. Leah doesn't want me to talk about zoos. It's okay, <laughs> I hate zoos. Oh my gosh, in okay. Sweden, so. It was, I think, seven apes or chimpanzees got out, and they were able to catch, like, three, but since they didn't catch four, they shot them dead. What? They shot them dead in Sweden. Jeez. I hate Zeus. That's, that, that's a story I didn't bring up today, but now here, now you're hearing it here. Oh. Yeah, that happened this week. It's really sad. Just it boom. Really sad. Just kill them. You shouldn't. Here's the thing. It's your fault. Let them roam free. Exactly. I don't think you can do that. They, they can harm people. But they doesn't matter. They got like them. moose and stuff, don't they? Don't they have wild animals in Sweden? Yeah, that's true. But if it was like in a city, and would they live in Sweden? They like freeze. What's the, why? Why don't they have stun darts like in the movies? Exactly. They're always taking. You can take. Here's the thing. Unsafe. They never shoot the dinosaur. They always take the stun the dinosaur. Yeah. What about an ape? All right. So what does uh, Orban have to say about this corruption? Draining the swamp. An ongoing corruption scandal. You know, he's saying. Uh, the EU summit has been marked by the arrest on corruption charges of the left-wing vice president of the European Parliament. Everyone knew that Brussels is full of corruption, but now it's reached the stage at which the police have taken action, uh, said Orban in the EU power center himself for an end-of-the-year European Council meeting in comments shared on Facebook, an official translation which has been sent to Breitbart London. Uh, the corruption scandal has rocked has rocked the European institutions with house searches ongoing, millions of euros seized by the police, and speculation about which other Brussels politicians could be involved. I love this tweet from Orban. This is what the rule of law looks like, and he tweets out all this cash money mm. seized. Many believe that the trail could lead to those at the highest levels, he added. Orban said that his government was pushing for an in-depth and wide-ranging investigation in the corruption scandal in Brussels, echoing longtime ally Donald Trump by adding that it was time to drain the swamp in Brussels. Or just abolish the EU. Speaking of draining the swamp. So this is breaking news. Breaking news. The European Union has just introduced the first step of a personal carbon credit system. Personal carbon credit. Every citizen will have to start paying for their carbon emissions in an effort to cut emissions by 55% by 2030. Okay? And so... Um, you have to bring up this article here from the Dutch media or from the EP itself. And from the Dutch media, it's, it's a little bit of a strange translation, um, which says, Last night, after long negotiations, the bullet went through the church. <laughs> I don't think that that's what that meant in, in Dutch. But nevertheless... Residents of the European Union must pay for the greenhouse gases they emit. This means that every time you refuel and if the heating is switched on, you have to pay because of the harmful substances that are released as a result. They're not telling you where this money is going. It doesn't 
what do you this this carbon this this carbon tax you have to pay you have to pay you have to pay no 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 a paying would be you have to go plant a tree right no what it's saying is it's a this money is making a money scheme. laundering making scheme. Let me tell you something. Here in the United States, and you guys can speak to this. Um, do you have sin taxes around the world? I just want to hear from you guys here in the chat because we have sin taxes. Mm -hmm. We have taxes on alcohol that are extreme. We've got taxes on cigarettes that are extreme. The only thing that we don't have taxes on that are extreme, I actually think we should, if you're going to have sin taxes on cigarettes and alcohol, we need to do that to pornography. I'm just saying. I would like, say that. There should be a point. But here's sin the thing tax. what is sin? Can you have sin? Okay, so how can you can you tax lgbt things exactly i can't believe literally they, they tax cigarettes like like um like nobody's business they tax alcohol um, and what gives them the right to do that it's the same are they thing. putting it into the church exactly there's your sin tax now yeah. go to church yeah and if you went to yeah. church you didn't have to pay the tax bingo yeah, so what they're going to do, uh, from what I understand, is just put a tax on... It's very interesting because they're, somehow they're going to tax um, chimneys. I, this is a weird translation. We'll probably have a, a, an article written about it later. Um, this is this is just, so this is from the Dutch media. And I think I got my description wrong because I thought this was just for the Netherlands, but I guess this is for all the EU. Uh, in Europe, companies in the heavy industry... In, heavy industry. In, um, in, the, in, in the energy industry are only allowed to emit emissions for which they have CO2 certificates. This is called the emissions trading system. Each year, the EU determines how many of these so-called CO certificates may be distributed among the industry. The amount of the allowances that are distributed decreases every year, so the European emissions go up. Companies are allowed to trade with those rights, hence the name uh, emissions trading system. If a company produces economically, uh, then that company can sell the other certificates to polluting companies that need extra rights. This is about money. So if you, you <laughs> this is uh, this is the stupidest thing. Here's my CO2 certificate. I have I don't I'm not producing as much as I thought, so I'm going to sell that to you because you're producing more. You know, this goes back to that video that we did that I share every once in a while about the recycling of the can. This is this is not exactly. Go ahead, tell them, tell them about the recycling. Of the no, can. it's a great video. I, it, it's essentially I've got a, in the skit that we did. I've got a can, a aluminum can, and I throw it in the trash. And I take my cell phone and I pretend to scan it and I recycle it in my app. I don't actually have to recycle it. And Leah comes and she's like, "What are you doing? We recycle our cans." And I'm like, "Well, I don't have to recycle the can anymore because I have now registered it as recycled and it's in my phone, so that I don't actually have to recycle it to do anything to save the planet. I, I I'm just it's a representative of that. And so literally these carbon taxes and these certificates are just a representative a representation of nothing. And that's and that's where we're at. This is just yeah, so hilarious. Ava says breaking the European Union just introduced the first step of a personal carbon credit system. Every citizen will have to start paying for their carbon emissions. Uh, all about and money. So you know, do you see now why banks and airlines are already tracking your carbon? So this isn't just about your electricity bill. They want to get this to what foods you buy, yep. where you go. Like you too fat. You don't yeah. need those chips or crisps, as they call them in the UK. All right. Interesting story out of Turkey, um, I do believe. And I think I just shut that. I think I just shut that down, didn't I? No. Okay. Um, thousands protest in Turkey after Istanbul mayor 
and Erdogan, an Erdogan rival, is banned from politics. So Erdogan is is one of the most corrupt guys, but he he calls it like it is. He's like he's like a mob boss who like can call other things, but he's corrupt. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can play this uh, this uh, video here. Maybe turn it down. Thousands of protesters march across Turkey this week after Istanbul Mayor uh, Ekrem Imoglu, a political rising star and major rival to Erdogan, was sentenced to two and a half years in prison and banned from participating in politics. When you have a rival, just put him in jail. That's what they try to do in Brazil. It's so smart. Okay, he's uh, who has he has not been arrested or uh, jailed yet. Was convicted of defaming public officials. Specifically, he denounced members of Turkey's highest uh, election council as fools in 2019 because they annulled his first victory in that year's election for mayor. Erdogan's ruling AKP party refused to recognize his victory and demanded a rerun, which he proceeded to win again by an even larger margin. We covered this. So the 52-year-old... Emma Moglu is a businessman who belongs to the opposition Republic People's Party. His victory in the Istanbul mayoral race was a major shock to the Turkish political system, especially after he increased the size of his victory during the rerun election. His supporters and allies see his conviction on charges of insul insulting government officials as a transparent effort to force a major Erdogan rival out of politics. At protests across Turkey that began after um, his conviction on Wednesday, his supporters uh, hoisted photos of um, Mustafa Kemal at Turk, uh, the legendary godfather of secular Turkey, whose achievements have been systematically undermined by the authoritarian Islamists. So you've got, this is the secular government trying to kind of ease in, and Erdogan says no. Uh, Emma Galu's supporters are also delighted in taunting Erdogan uh, with his own defiant words after he was convicted of inciting religious hatred. Removed as mayor of Istanbul and imprisoned for several months in 1998, Erdogan got in trouble for reciting a poem that included the line, The mosques are our bar barracks, the domes are our helmets, the minarets are our swords, and the faithful are our army. After eight years of Erdogan rule, Turkey is no longer uh, the sort of place where a politician could be prosecuted for talking about mosques bar barracks. In... Uh, Imagalu's contingent uh, loves to highlight the, 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 the other guy's contingent loves to highlight the similarities between the career paths of their man and Erdogan, who looks exceptionally vulnerable in next year's elections. Imagalu, how do you say that? Um, I'm a, imam. I'm a, imam? I, it's like an I'm imam. A, Wouldn't you say imamoglu? Imamoglu has not imam formally declared his candidacy, but he is almost always included in pre-election polling and he usually scores higher than other plausible opposition candidates so uh yeah if you don't like this if you don't like your opponent just arrest them arrest them all right biden this week he made a really weird flub talking to the uh african nations he said you know when you invite people over for dinner the wealthy people never come but the poor people stay and eat all the food here, we're going to give you food, poor people. It's really weird. So uh, the Biden wants $8 billion in taxpayer funds to shut down a coal power plant in South Africa. Uh, this goes along with um, Biden offering billions of dollars in aid to Africa. I think it was $88 billion. So these are two stories kind of go together. Number one here, uh, and, and why is everybody... I've been trying to shift our focus a little bit to what other people are doing in Africa. Okay. And it's kind of a hard shift because people aren't really paying attention. But the uh, with the UN and other interests already interfering in Africa's energy development, Joe Biden announced 
at the U.S. Africa Business Forum a plan for American taxpayers to give $8 billion to shut down the coal-fired industry in South Africa. But what's really crazy is that um, I think it was um, somebody's... Okay, I'm going to get this wrong, and I read a lot of headlines. But somebody is getting South African coal power by asking South Africa not to use its own coal power. I'm going to try to uh, find that if I can get that. Well, but... But here they want to replace it with far less effective uh, green energy alternatives. In other words, the goal of climate change cultists is to use $8 billion of Americans' money to diminish uh, South African infrastructure. infrastructure. And that's the thing. When you're looking at it at a nation that is only recently coming to the forefront of industrialization, and I know I just... Yeah, uh, kind of poo-pooed it a minute ago, but but bringing itself up to to a more you know even playing field, and then you want to squash it because they actually don't want South Africa to rise to the surface to be any kind mm. of equal in in the world. They are the racists. They are the um, Again, the colonizers, I mean, that's who these people are. The idea that they are willing to put that much money in keeping these people regressive is um, astonishing. Yeah, go ahead and... Um, You're going to play the video? I've got, yeah, go ahead. i got a couple tweets I just retweeted out. I want you to play... Go ahead, bring it on up. On Twitter? Yeah. And, you know, that tell people about the Freedom Fridays. Oh, so Twitter, Dr. Said Hyder's back. I, I'm not back, uh, but scroll down to the second one. Uh, this is the video of Joe Biden. Um, so there's Freedom Fridays. People are getting, like, many people are coming Mike back Mandel's on Fridays. Uh, Emma Robinson came back. Uh, so jo here's Joe Biden pledging uh, taxpayer money to shut down coal, coal plants in South Africa. These MCC investments are part of the work we're doing worldwide through the Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment. I propose this initiative together with the rest of the G7 to help fill the need for quality, high-standard infrastructure in Africa and in low-income and middle-income countries around the world. And at the G7 meeting earlier this year, we announced our intention to collectively mobilize $600 billion in the next five years. Today's announcement, joint, joint a portfolio of Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment Projects already underway in Africa, including mobilizing $8 billion in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources and develop cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen, a deal worth $2 billion to build solar energy projects in Angola, $600 million in high-speed communications cable that will connect Southeast Asia to Europe via Egypt and the Horn of Africa and help bring high-speed internet connectivity to countries all along the way. The bottom line is simple. Trade runs on reliable infrastructure to support and secure resilient supply chains. And improving Africa's infrastructure is essential to our vision of building a stronger global economy that can better withstand the kinds of shocks that we've seen in the past few years. So he's Third, uh, he's been roasted for this. Well, you note one thing there. He said public and private funds. Mm. So if there are people that are privately funding this, what are, are they, they getting, getting out of it? it? Yeah, so um, 
with, with this, uh, some commentators across Twitter said, just like student debt transfers, Joe Biden doesn't have the authority to deliver this foolish promise. He also doesn't have a clue. Representative Warren Davidson from uh, Ohio said, just like, oh yeah, uh, Sky News host Rita uh, Panini says, as if South Africans haven't suffered enough with unreliable energy, political commentator uh, Miles Wong said, print more money. And uh, I do have a, if you go back to the Twitter, I want to do, um, the, I want to play the video from Jesse Waters talking about on a greater scale. These are, these are two things rolling out right now. So number one is shutting down coal in South Africa, but it's part of a larger thing where it's billions of dollars of, uh, going to Africa to try to like make them modern. And why do they want to make them modern? Let me explain why they want to make them modern. Uh, we met somebody who helped buy. You guys, thanks for help. Uh, thanks for your donations. Michelle has a new laptop. Um, I haven't gotten it out of the box yet. But to say that. I'm sorry. I haven't gotten it out of the box. Yet. How are you? We, we asked for help for this. I did. I know. How are you still? I, I need to get it out of the box. <laughs> All right. So while we were getting, uh, while we got the, while we um, got this laptop, we, there was a guy from Africa who um, was told our us cashier. that our cashier. And basically, he was saying that Africa doesn't have any infrastructure, and even he doesn't like to go back to visit it. And so, if you well, it's not that he want, doesn't like to go back, he just said that it's better here. He doesn't really want to live yeah. there because it's not developed. He, I said, he said, there's, I said, are there beaches beautiful? He goes, yeah, but it's not developed. It's not developed. Not developed. When you're used to development, um, and you're cushy, yeah. in, in like an American in the West, and if you want, um, let's say, gold mines, if you want. Um, to, to develop Africa, they're, they're trying to colonize, recolonize Africa. Okay. So they're offering, they're going about it a different way rather than just going in forcefully. The devil always revamps a playbook. This is colonization. Okay. The, this is not, they, they want to come in. Businessmen want to come in and they want cushy things. They want roads. They want airports. They want telecommunications. They want to be able to be on the internet and have high speed internet. And so this is not for you, Africa. This is for people to come in and colonize this giant continent that they're looking at expanding and saying, where can we expand to? And all eyes are on Africa for all of your natural resources. Exactly. Okay. Go ahead and play Jesse. $55 billion in reparations for Africa. The stolen men and women and children were brought to our shores in chains, subjected to unimaginable cruelty. My nation's original sin was that period. We honor their descendants who are generations have, for, for generations have helped build this country. Are the Dutch chipping in? What about the English? What about the African chiefs who sold slaves to the West? Nope. We're going to get this check. So are they going to get reparations in cash, gold, Bitcoin? No. Solar panels. Today's announcement, joint, joint a portfolio of partnership for global infrastructure and investment projects already underway in Africa, including mobilizing $8 billion in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants with renewable energy sources and develop cutting-edge energy solutions like clean hydrogen. Sorry about slavery. Here's a solar panel. And oh, if you work in a coal mine, you're fired. Is this what Africa needs right now? You can't run a continent on green. 
You can't just skip industrialization and go straight to windmills. Africa's never gonna get out of poverty by killing coal. Let's get the African economy spinning first before we start installing electric car charging stations along the Nile. Renewables are just a side dish. Fossil fuels, the main course. And I'm open to listening to people who feel black people are owed something from a country that enslaves their ancestors. But these green reparations are gonna keep Africa in poverty. And what about slavery reparations in America? Because those are coming. Newsom in California wants to hand out half no, a trillion good. dollars. That's good. So this is this is not to help Africa, and it's not about reparations for Africa. No, you hit the nail on the head, and I'm really glad that you that you did that because this what this is about essentially is they want Africa to be what they need it to be in order for them to go in and colonize. Yeah. Um, do you guys want an update on uh, Harry or Meghan or nah? I don't think that that they're going to. What is that? What kind of question is that? Well, here we have uh, GB News reporter Nana Aku, which I like, and you can play her. She wants a media blackout for Harry and Meghan. Let's force them to live in the real world where you don't get a camera in your face all the time. In this Netflix documentary, they put pictures up of Harry and how his life was so uh, intrusive by having his picture up everywhere by the paparazzi, and then they're putting their baby uh, getting a bath up on this Netflix documentary for the whole world to see. Yeah, it's a very good point. Now, what I believe we witnessed this week were two of the most self-obsessed, ungrateful people on the planet. Yeah, you guessed it. Harry and Meghan in their final three episodes of their six-part docu-whatever. Frankly, I'd like to give them what they want, privacy. So like the last set, Episode four begins with a play on the heartstrings. Megan goes to Grenfell showing off her humanitarian credentials. And yes, that was the bit where we thought that she was amazing. That was what we want our royal family to be doing. Megan participates in their ritual of a hug with three or four kisses on either side, which is odd because I'm sure in the last episode she mocked British society for not being very huggy. They were doing so well. Meghan was pregnant, Australia a success. They were apparently being dubbed the superstars of the royal family. But in their view, perhaps they were becoming too good at this. Nothing like playing your own trumpet. In fact, they claimed the rest of the family were spooked by just how good at it they were compared to Wills and Kate and how the spare and his wife were doing a better job than the heir. Yeah, right. For all of five minutes, the job requires patience and stamina, which clearly they didn't possess. The whinge fest begins. Harry even compared him and Meghan to Charles and Diana, and they dragged the archives to find these clips, one of Piers Morgan, to confirm their narrative. Putting aside what I think about her, right? She's becoming a royal rock star. Bigger, I would argue, as a couple than William and Kate. That's probably not a good thing in the long term. Mm, mm. And James Holt chips in. Some people in the institution around the family started to see that this new couple could destabilize the power dynamics, whether actively talked about or not. The aim was to put them in a box Oh my <laughs> so this is why apparently the press changed towards them. 
A load of articles appear to corroborate this, including the infamous Kate and Meghan avocado gate. And Prince Harry says... This is how it was covered for her. This is how it was covered for her. If you don't see the difference and understand why it's being reported that way, why, then I can't help you. Yes, well, the person who didn't help on his own admission was actually Meghan, who apparently was going through turmoil and admits that no one helped her. He talks about trading stories, but he's doing exactly the same thing, scheduling his media to eclipse his brothers. Harry says that they were amazed at what they had to do, i.e. leave. Well, it's a lot easier when you're ridiculously wealthy, you're still funded by your dad in your 30s and have a multi-million pound inheritance. No one told them that they actually had to go. In fact... When they finally decided to tell us, the British public, that they wanted out, Meghan said that she thought the public hated them. I thought the public. If they've been fed these lies for two years, what do they think of me? What do they think of me? Mm, exactly, we didn't. We didn't hate her. In fact, we were sad she was leaving and that they were leaving. And as if you think we're so stupid that we believe everything we read, the British public are intelligent and very, were very, very disappointed. Me included. They didn't read the room again. Episode five. These poor people in their multi-million dollar mansions in the most gorgeous location of Vancouver Island, whinging. How are they going to fix things? I know, let's move to Canada and do the work in the name of the Queen. You get us for free. No, we'd still be paying for you. You just want the titles. Let's pick a Commonwealth country. All right for some. Look, people wanted to hear what they had to say because we thought it was going to be interesting. This was like a broken record. I honestly struggled to watch it. I fell asleep. I then woke up to the blaming race again. I had to rewind. There was a pilot story that actually did make me laugh. We get on the plane and it's not the pilot, but whoever is sort of overseeing the crew and he came and he knelt next to my seat and he took his hat off and I just remember looking at him he goes we appreciate everything you did for our country <laughs> oh god this could turn out to be the Lion King and the rejoicing in the streets remember that all over again we need to find the pilot we landed in Canada and one of our security guards who had been with H for so long, and these guys were so wonderful, I just collapsed in his arms crying. I was like, I tried so hard. He goes, I know you did. I know you did, ma'am. I know you did. Like I... She tried so hard for all of what was it, 18 months? Then the third one, he, well, Megan, reads out a text from Beyonce saying that she's been selected to break down general curses. She wants me to feel safe and protected. She admires and respects my bravery and vulnerability and thinks I was selected to break generational curses that need to be healed. <laughs> More whinging in March. Um, hi, so we're here on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, the something of March. These next few months is when we're going to be at our most vulnerable, uh, when the press will no doubt create some sort of feeding frenzy. They're in a private jet, and don't mention the climate. And then there's the response to Oprah, all very lovely shots, but who's holding the cameras? There must be a crew in the room. Harry appears to be quite matter-of-fact as well about the death of his grandmother, who he said went peacefully. I was actually really happy for my grandfather. 
he went quietly, he went peacefully, he went happily. Well, of course, that's, of course, if he wasn't aware of the Oprah interview. I mean, they really have no idea of the effect of their actions. They're oblivious of their own behaviour. Harry's still talking about an apology. Look, Dan Wooden, he's got a show here on GB News. He does it Monday to Thursday from nine o'clock. And he was the journalist who broke many of the stories. And it seems that the truth is the royal family were trying to protect this couple and tried to stop stories from leaking. He should know they tried to stop him. My resounding take from this docu-soap whatever thing, apart from the fact that it was pretty boring and I had to force myself to go back to watching it, was that it started as it began as a love story, and that, frankly, we've given these two way too much airspace, credited them with way too much intelligence, and that they are normal people who haven't, like most of us, got a flaming clue. This is why the Queen said, really never complain, never explain. Because when you do, the gloss rubs off alongside the interest. And then, to add insult to injury, having seen the palace bend over backwards for Ngozi Fulani and give in to her narcissism with kindness, these two have also demanded an apology. You couldn't make it up. So I say, switch off. Don't buy the book. There's nothing in it they haven't already told us. You know what? Let's do what they want. They want the media to leave them alone. Let's just do that. I'm calling for a blackout on this pair to all media in the UK and across the world to stop covering these two. Let's force them to live in the real world, just like the rest of us. You know, I love the sentiment of that, but people aren't going to be able to stop talking about it. But I like no, the No, because we just watched the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, this is the essence of uh, elitism that you see um, the playing. He calls her uh, H. His name isn't Harry. It's H. She calls him H. 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 It's harder to say H than it is Harry. Harry. She just probably doesn't like Harry. Probably think Harry's a stupid name. I like Harry. Well, maybe she doesn't. She should call him H. She never saw Harry Potter? Because it's cooler. H. I think in America, Harry is not considered a cool name. Yeah, it's and not. And so she probably calls him H because it makes him cooler because she is a she's a snob. She's the snob girl. She is the, the girl in high school that you couldn't stand because she's a snob. And she wants everything to be and about her. And she's an actress. So when she's delivering these lines, it's like... She's such a bad one, too. Oh, my gosh. All right. Two more things here out of uh, Canada. We talk about this all the time, but one in 30 deaths uh, in Canada in, in 2021 were from assisted suicide. They are killing people in Canada at a like a record level. One in 30 deaths. I think you're to. Yeah, here we go. And this is covered by Laurel Ingram here. This is terrifying to me. This story, I when, when one in 30 is not a number like I can't No. That's the, like, this is okay. Let's just listen. Last year, a shocking one in 30 deaths in the country were due to assisted suicide. Now, if that statistic wasn't depressing enough, consider how it's being packaged to citizens there. Last breaths are sacred. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles, I see the ocean, I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. Talk about a dystopian, sick advertisement. But that's only part of the story. The company behind that ad is called Simons. They're a Canadian fashion and home goods retailer. They reportedly staged excursions for this young woman to film 
as some, I don't know, brand building exercise. Here now is Sheila Gunn-Reed, editor-in-chief of Rebel News. She's running a national campaign to force the government to end this practice. Sheila, it seems to me that they're selling assisted suicide with a, you know, very sophisticated, um, fun, kind of adventurous message. Uh, what the heck is going on up north? Laura, I just want to thank you so much for your interest in this. Unlike the corporate media here in Canada that's been tainted by Justin Trudeau's bailouts at Rebel News, we're one of the few independent outlets that can still speak about these in these issues freely, but also with the sense of horror the issue rightly deserves. We see companies do this all the time. We see them align themselves with government on issues like climate change and BLM and reproductive issues. They go woke. This is what it means to be woke in Canada now. So why wouldn't corporations align themselves with this next anti-human, anti-life thing? I just want to point out to you how extreme Canada is on this issue. Justin Trudeau's government has removed the 10-day wait time from when you ask for medical assistance in suicide and when you receive it. And you don't have to do it in writing. You can just verbally ask the state to kill you. You don't have wow. to do it in writing. That right there is the punchline of that story. You don't have to do it in writing. You can just verbally. So who are the witnesses? And it's 10-day wait time. Like, I want to die today. And who are, yeah, exactly. Who are the witnesses, though, right? Like, you have to have, I'm assuming, do we have any Canadians in the chat? Like, I'm assuming that when you get married in Canada, you have to sign a document. When you fill out a will, you have to actually have witnesses that say, I saw this person say this, you know, write this out and sign it and all of that. What is the procedure? I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. This, you could murder untold amounts of people through this. Yeah. And I believe that that is what they are doing. Yeah. Trudeau must go. I have a uh, little clip here. Uh, the cold weather doesn't stop freedom-loving Canadians from getting out and still marching. <laughs> They're still out there. You can close out that one. Okay. This uh, one no, 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 no. No, we're this playing him last. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Trudeau must go. Now, this isn't in, in, in a direct freedom. correlation to the assisted no, suicide. Right, but it's the essence of where Canadians are at. Like, there are sane Canadians who recognize that this is where the government is going. Um, he's got to stop. Yeah. Trudeau must go Saturdays for freedom. December 17th, downtown Toronto. So this was just yesterday. Yeah. Kill the carbon tax, no farmers, no food. I'm always interested to watch Canadians out when it's really cold. I know, right? And some don't have hats on, some don't wear gloves. Like, honestly, Trudeau most go, and, and we want to watch it, but I'm actually just more, like, enthralled, like, anthropology, like, watching people who are in super cold areas, like, Speaking not of super cold, though. Because, like, some people you can see that's super cold because they've got on, like, super jackets mm -hmm. and the big hoods and, yeah. the, and the gloves. Like, it is cold for normal people. And then, like, there's the Canadians, like, no gloves, no hat, out in some jeans and a light jacket. It's going to get, it's going to be, um, zero degrees here for Christmas. And, um. It keeps going down? It, yeah, a low of zero. 
um, according to my checking yesterday, last oh, night. Oh, wow. I think on December 23rd is when it's going to be a low of zero. So Next Friday, Friday 17 yeah. and 2. It's going to go from 46 and Mike Adams issued an email kind of <sighs> talking about this this uh, polar climate thing that's happening yeah. just for Christmas. And what did you say last night? I think that some family, it's just <laughs> happening for Christmas, uh, some family wanted snow for Christmas and they decided, you know what, but sweetie, we can't just get snow for just you and it's going to have to be for everybody. And then they turned it on, they turned it on, whatever it is, too much because yeah. it's just over Christmas. So somebody wanted a white Christmas really too bad. On the nose there. Got too, people have too much money and I think that they are, are and, and then this is what happens when you try to turn it. You can't like, it's like being out in space, right? You can't take your gloves off in space. And so you're dealing with like these big giant space gloves and it's like, you know, that's what's happening with people who mess with the weather. It's like, we need a little rain. And then, poof, you know, you flood Kentucky, right? You can't just mess with the weather. And I do I do believe it's weather manipulation. I do. All right, guys. Uh, our last thing that we're going to play at the end of his show today is uh, Neil Oliver clip. But we're not going to play this on, on uh, Facebook. Oh, well, you could have told me that first. Okay. I'm telling you now. Okay. Because he's talking about uh, COVID-19 and All right, so if you guys things. want to watch the Neil Oliver clip, let me grab. And I will read some comments before we sign off for those of you that have been leaving them. Uh, let me grab this link and drop it in the chat for Facebook. So if you guys want to just hop over. Um, come on. Cold, super cold, super cold, super cold, super cold, to super rumble cold. To finish, to finish today's show off. <sighs> Gonna get chilly. It's not that bad. You know, I remember as a kid, um, it used to be colder. Uh, we would have mostly, you know, I remember sled riding and it just snows, right? And the high is 17 and the low is in the, in the, in the single digits. And we haven't you, had that in a while. Like really here, cold. We haven't had that we're in a while. We're just not used to it. Yeah. So we're not playing that, remember? What do you mean? We're saying goodbye. I just said goodbye to Facebook. Oh, They're you gone. didn't have any announcements or anything for them? No, I just said goodbye. Okay, bye. Okay, hi. I told here them they could, drop, they could jump over to Rome. Okay. What is being alleged about the so-called vaccines is of monumental importance. What Bridgen and Malhotra have claimed ought to be the biggest story in the country, in the world. And yet anyone interested in familiarising themselves with most of what was said has to go looking for it online. Bridgen noted withdrawals of those other medical products when their safety was credibly questioned. That's the world I thought we lived in, where doubt voiced in the face of credible research leads to the pausing of a course of action and a rethink. And yet here we are with peer-reviewed research demonstrating one in every hundred people receiving the Pfizer jab suffers a serious reaction and medical professionals of unimpeachable credentials urging at least a pause in the rollout, if not a full and final stop. And still the government-sponsored adverts are everywhere, in the mainstream and online, inviting people of all ages to take even more of the same product. Dr Malhotra said on this channel last week in relation to the Pfizer jab, quote, the original trial data, which was reanalyzed, suggested one was more likely to get serious adverse effects from the vaccine than one was to be hospitalized with COVID. What does that mean? It means if that is correct, which it seems to be, it should never have been approved in the first place. Questions have been asked all over the world about blood clotting and any possible connection with the AstraZeneca product. Countries across Europe have stopped using it and it's no longer being given to people under 30 in the UK. It's worth noting that on Wednesday, Pascal Soriot, Chief Executive Officer of AstraZeneca, was knighted by King Charles for services to life sciences in a ceremony at Windsor Castle. 
all around the world there is mounting evidence of deaths and injuries caused by the so-called vaccines. There are more and more excess deaths, people of all ages dying every day, deaths unrelated to COVID. Pause for a moment to consider the following. In the United States, in the second half of 2021, 61,000 Americans between the ages of 25 and 44 died of causes unrelated to COVID. The death toll of the same age group during the decade-long Vietnam War was 58,000. Here in the UK, at the start of the lockdown in 2020, in the week ending 23rd of March, there were 1,379 excess deaths. In the week ending 21st October this year, the figure was 1,822. There are more people dying every week now of causes unrelated to COVID than at the height of the pandemic. Daily, we were invited to look on in horror at the COVID death toll. Where is the outrage about these latest deaths? The round-the-clock coverage. Dr John Campbell, a regular contributor to this channel, said last month in relation to the ONS data regarding those excess deaths, there is something pretty horrible going on. Over 1,800 deaths a week, more than we would expect, and it's been going on for a long time now, and we need an explanation. What we get instead is the relentless continuation of the rollout, the push to get boosted. Fauci in the US and others here in the UK say we're still in a pandemic. If that's true, it's the longest lasting pandemic in modern history, much longer than the Spanish flu pandemic at the end of the First World War. The concern being voiced now by Bridgen and Malhotra has been being shouted from the rooftops by many, many others for years. For as long as we've had the products marketed as vaccines, there have been voices asking questions, and those were silenced, derided, ridiculed, reputations ruined. Back in 1995, US physicist Carl Sagan demanded restless inquiry from all scientists. Science requires an almost complete openness to all ideas, he said. On the other hand, it requires the most rigorous and uncompromising scepticism. And so how did we get to where we are now? When did we set aside uncompromising scepticism and decide to live in a world in which we must, all of us, do precisely what we're told by our governments and their preferred experts without ever raising so much as a questioning voice? The chamber in which Bridgen made his speech was all but empty because, with a few exceptions, apparently none of the rest cared to listen to what he had to say about a course of action affecting tens of millions of lives here in the UK and billions around the world. Let's give the devil his due. Let's imagine many are daily in receipt of messages raising the alarm, but find their survival in the world of politics means they keep stoom rather than rock the boat. I hear from other journalists saying they're in contact with MPs, with medical professionals, with high-profile media types, all of whom have decided now to stay well clear of the so-called vaccines. Some of those people have taken some jabs, some none. But the fear of speaking out, the culture of silence in the face of what so many know to be an egregious wrong, is enabling the narrative to persist largely unchallenged. The behaviour of governments and corporations in the last two or three years has changed the world. It might still look the same, more or less, but in all the ways that matter, it has been altered. Those who are awake to it all perceive a new reality and wonder how on earth they missed the signs for as long as they did. That all but empty House of Commons said loud and clear that the powers that be, the allied powers of governments and corporations, no longer feel the need to be answerable in any meaningful way to the people. Paradoxically, their absence from the chamber only made them more glaringly visible. The willful blindness about the vaccines is just the tip of the iceberg, soaring excess deaths in all age groups, 
the complicated truth of the war in Ukraine, still not openly discussed, the greatest transfer of wealth in the history of the world, the wholesale erosion of our rights, the nudge away from cash and towards central bank digital currencies. People are freezing in their homes and turning to food banks in what has been a first world country. Here's the thing, the near emptiness of that chamber was a moment of history, a warning about the future. If our MPs don't care enough about harms to populations around the world to turn up and listen to one of their own, then it's time we reminded the whole damned lot of them that we are still here. They might have their hands over their eyes, but we can see them. They keep their mouths shut, but the silence is deafening. Wow. Oh, another like home run there from Neil Oliver. I just love him so much. And he, you know, I love how he ended like they can cover their eyes, but we can still see them. We can still see what you're doing. Right. So absolutely phenomenal there from Neil. Do you have anything else, Leah? I'm going to hit some comments. That's it. All right. So let me go to the, the comments here. So um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Britt Bother says, Biden will lose out. The money that runs South Africa comes from London, England, with uh, De Beers Diamond Mines based in central London. It is one of the world's biggest companies. De Beers runs South Africa. They want South Africa to remain poor. They have a monopoly on all the diamonds in South Africa, and they keep a tight rein on the diamond, every diamond mined there. He says, Harry and Meghan are going to lose their titles completely. Westminster is putting laws in place to remove their titles. Uh, they were funded by the Privy Purse, from which the money comes from the British taxpayer. So effectively, we are paying for Meghan and Harry to openly slag off Britain. No wonder we hate them. Uh, so, uh, let me go to some comments here from Rumble. There's a lot here from Pat. I'm so glad that you guys are, um, involved here in the chat here. Uh, let's see. A lot of the ocean plastic is from countries shipping their recycles to other countries, less regulated that dump them or burn them. That's very true. Wicked's like, um, very, very true. Uh, they are not recycled or reused. Uh, do using resources to ship burning them causes more pollution to the air and dumping them causes ocean pollution. Um, let's see. Um, do, 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 do. Pat says the advance of Islam continues in Africa. Um, let's see. C. Wag says that's because Biden, his family, and other political families have investment interests in solar. Mm. That's really true. Yeah, hundred percent there. Yeah, it's a way to it's a way to get people. I can't buy anybody to buy my product. That's great. We're just gonna take them and give them away. We'll use their fake dollars and. Automedic says royal pain. Yes, exactly. CYX says give me a break. Wicked Psych says Canada figured out how to make socialized medicine work economically. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Good point there. Um, do, 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 do. Earlier topic of Africa keeps making me think of Sri Lanka, says Jack. That's a good point there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's really sad because South Africa was just a booming. It was like the best place in Africa. Yeah. It was a really great place to live. People liked it. And now they've literally just run it through the mill. No. And absolutely. here's the thing about South Africa is it was a breadbasket and it was really, you know, it's a one place in the world where people are like, I want a farm. And then they want, I want to steal the farmers' farms. Yeah. And then when they did, then they ended up they realizing they can't run the farms like the, um, the uh, white farmers could. And not because they aren't white. It's because it's like how we would never be able to run an Amish farm if we showed up to one right now. 
and we, we farm pretty good. Yeah, right? just give we us your fail. Amish farm, right? Exactly. We would fail because they have been doing it for generations. I mean, exactly. this is absolutely ridiculous. Right, right. Um, all right, so so glad that you guys are here at the end of our program. I want to announce something. This is really important, so don't go anywhere. Next Sunday is Christmas Day. Now, I can't remember the last time outside of like traveling, you know, because there's been a lot of Sundays we've been gone because we've been at a reawaken tour or something like that. But outside of traveling, I can't remember a, a Sunday that we did not do a show, right? Yeah. And we're um, not going to be doing a world news program on Sunday, next Sunday. It's Christmas right, Day, right? right? Um, I think that that is kind of a sacred holy day that um, we are going to take off. We're going to be spending that with our family, and I want you guys to do the same thing. However, we will be doing a Christmas special like we do every year. Leah told me live on air on Friday she wants to make that our Friday program. So are we going to do any news next Friday, which will be Christmas Eve Eve? Or I think people, I think you guys could probably use a break. All right, a break from the news for a whole you know, weekend. I, We're going to take a weekend um, off of news. I listened to, um, there's a program called The Public Square. I'm going to get that link and I'm going to drop it in the chat. And I encourage you all. The, so uh, it's based in Ohio and it's like conservative red-pilled NPR. You know, it's like those soothing voices. It's a radio program. And our friend uh, listens to it often, and she often sends us links. And she sent us this link, and she had said, I hadn't laughed this much in a long time. So I thought I was listening to a comedy thing, but I wasn't. I'm, I listened to one of the most beautiful Christmas specials I have ever listened to. I listened through it twice. I'm waiting for part two. There's going to be and, a part two? Yeah. So um, for 12 years, they've done a Christmas special. This is they're doing... Christmas 1844, when Charles Dickens came out with, and our British viewers and our worldwide viewers, you're going to love this as well. Um, and it's got a lot of Irish Christmas music. Um, and quite frankly, if you just, uh, if you play a little bit, just play the beginning of it, you're going to hear, um, just hear it. Because I want you guys, when you're, if you're baking cookies or if you're making food for Christmas, Play this for your whole family. I think that this would be something really fun for you guys to listen to. Um, so that's what we're kind of hoping for Friday to make a more uh, fun um, Christmassy type. Um... And for those of you that are watching this back, um, I'm going to try to remember to put it in the link to this in the description mm -hmm. um, so that you guys can can click on this link. So I just want you to hear the beginning and kind of give you a taste for what you're you're in for. But they take you to 1844 and then the backstory for Charles Dickens. What you are about to experience is a story in a song, and a song in a story. The story first came to the shores of America in the year 1844. In 1844, John Tyler was the 10th president of the United States, the same John Tyler of the campaign song, Tippecanoe and Tyler II. The price of gasoline was, the cost of a new radio was, the cost for a new car. Well, you could buy a pound of bacon for 15 cents. The cost of coffee was just a nickel per pound. The train ride from New York to Philadelphia 
cost $4 and took over five hours. And a good riding horse would cost you up to 150 bucks. People went to plays, but there were no Tony Awards. People sat for photographs, but the idea of a motion picture was a long way away. People wrote and performed music and songs, lots of songs. The biggest hit of the year was a brand new song titled, Skip to Malou, My Darling. <laughs> and people read newspapers, periodicals, and lots of books. In January of 1844, on a British ship docked in the port of Boston, there sat a parcel containing a new book that told a story that would change the way people look at Christmas around the world. The title was A Christmas Carol. The author, Charles Dickens. That book told a story that has captured the imaginations of people for nearly 200 years. It is a story in a song. So and a, a song. I'm looking here. It says that there are there's Christmas in America archive. There's 12 episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's not just part one. Like, they've been doing this. They've, mm -hmm. There's different, you know, clearly the older one, 1844, is going to be probably more exciting than maybe, mm -hmm. like, 1976. Yeah. Okay. But there are, you know, the war years, the Civil War. There's a lot here mm -hmm. at thepublicsquare.com. Um forward slash CIA uh, Christmas in America. So I want to encourage you guys to go and check that out because that looks really, really fun. Yeah. All right. So back to our plans. Mm -hmm. We will have our Christmas special Friday. What time do you want to do it? Just our regular six o'clock time? Yeah. Cause they're, they're going to be playing a, um, a rerun, rerun on Brideon on Brideon. So I don't know if we want to do it at seven. Cause most people might not know to join us at six. No, I think I always share it at six. I shared it at six. It's okay. up to you, though. But if you want to change it to seven, I don't have a problem changing it to seven. You want to change it to seven? I guess. Seven o'clock. Okay. All right. Seven o'clock. Christmas Resistance Chicks Christmas Special. It's going to be really fun. So excited. It is every year. It's one of our favorite things that we do. Um, and I also have an idea of what I want to do. I, so I've been working. Every year we send out Christmas letters. And with our Christmas cards, a recap of the year for people that we've known for years to kind of give them an update. You can imagine the evolution of that as Resistance Chicks came to pass and we started telling, you know, our family and friends about that. But now we've got Resistance Chicks viewers. If you guys have sent us stuff throughout the year, I try to retain your addresses, although I, I don't think I did this year as much as I should have. Um, and, and send out Christmas cards to, to anybody that's written us. But um, we sent out Christmas letters. So I did a recap of this year. And it felt like five years in one. There was so much. And so on New Year's, uh, for our New Year's special, which maybe we won't do on Friday. Maybe we'll do it on New Year's Eve. I don't know when we'll do that. But we will be here New Year's Day um, to, to do news. But whenever our New Year's special is, I want to take a recap of Resistance Chicks through this year. And just starting at the very beginning and how God took us through the entire year. Because I was, this year for, for us... For Leah and I, and I hope that you guys feel a part of this, was I've never experienced anything like this year. It was a big as jam-packed. It was very jam-packed. And everything that God did and what mm -hmm. he's doing. So I wanted to encourage you that God is on the move and God is doing huge, massive things. So if he's doing that much just with resistance chicks, I can guarantee you he's doing it around the world yeah so i'm sure that we'll probably do our recap for the following week for friday because they're bright going to be running two specials oh so that's we'll probably right do so a, so 
yeah. New Year's and New Year's of, Eve Eve. New Year's Eve Eve special. So we do two back to back specials, Friday and Friday. So so um, the yeah, we'll probably 30th break down the biggest stories the of this year. Yeah, and kind of maybe That'd make some really predictions for what's going to happen next year, and we'll discuss you know where the conservative movement has gone, yeah, uh, the highs and the lows. So send us your maybe your suggestions for things that you felt were big news this year. And uh, we'll bring the top 10. And then also, Tuesday, let me, you have the calendar up, right? Where's Tuesday? So Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to have another Raw and Real episode with the Gibson Girls. You are not going to want to miss that. It's going to be, I think we're going to dig into the dangers of pornography this time. Yeah. All the dudes that watch our show need to watch this, not because you have issues with pornography, but because you're going to have to be able to minister to your dude friends because yeah. all of them have this issue. So we're going to get into that, and I'm really excited about that. So All right. We should end with a song, Christmas song. What do you want to sing? Oh, that's right. We used to do that all the time. All Christmas season, we used to sing. I know. All right, before we get to the Christmas song, though, I do need to plug um, Vicky Natale's um, Organic Body Essentials. Because oh, right. Till Christmas Eve. All, her, this 10% off discount only goes until Christmas Eve. So The flawless face serum. The fall, the, I'm telling you what. I've been using the CBD tincture on my hip. I, I feel bad. I don't feel bad, but like I need it and it works and I'm using it. And I want to encourage you guys that if you have any pain issues, you can use it topically. I've been using it internally. Then she's got this incredible muscle rub that is just out of this world. So all of her products, if you want a breakdown of how much we love them, go back and watch the episode we just did last Monday with Vicky. And just see for yourself our reactions. Leah does the face scrub, the whole system there. So men, if you're looking for gifts for your wives for Christmas, I'm telling you what, go to organicbodyessentials.com. The 10 links are in the Christmas description Eve. for the CBD and the regular. And don't forget, get your family some slippers and some pills and some sheets for Christmas and use promo code RC there with MyPillow. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really pushing the slippers this week. It's going to get cold. You're going to want you're those gonna slippers. You're going to want those slippers. Your, so... Our friend Nancy of the Jenny Interpretive Center. Yeah. Nancy and Leo Martin. Nancy bought Leo a yeah. set of those slippers. Nancy you. loves them so much. Leo's literally going to go get her slippers. Nancy loves them so much, but Leo, I don't know if he's yet gotten her a pair, but Leo wears them all the time. Okay. I wear mine all the time. I absolutely, they have, a, Leah's going to bring it down. She's going to show it to you. They have a hard sole, like plastic bottom that you can wear outside. They are so warm. So go to mypillow.com forward slash RC. You can also go to the, my store. It's literally mystore.com. Use promo code RC. I'm telling you what the, the deals there. Also, let me, let's do a checkout. I want to check out the website right now. Cause I want to see something. Um, cause they don't always give us the deals. Uh, so you may want to just go to mypillow.com without the forward slash because I'm not sure that the deals are the same. So let me, let, I, I'm there right now. Let me click on this. Let me show you guys promo code RC. Let's do a screen share. And then we're going to sing a song. All right, because I know how much they have the towels on sale for. So I want to just make sure that if you go and you use our forward slash that you're getting the same the same deal. So let's go to, do, 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 where's the bath? Where's the towels? Okay, so guys, wait a minute. Hint. Just go to mypillow.com without the forward slash. Okay? 
I bet they have better deals and you can still use our promo code. Yes. So I think. Any, they're not slippers. They're shoes. But still use promo code RC. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code RC. So these are not slippers. They're shoes. Like these are legit shoes. Okay. These are not slippers. Okay. I'm going to show you the, you got to see the inside. They are so comfy. They are really soft. Okay. And they're, they have memory foam. All the slippers I've ever had just feel like slippers. Mm -hmm. these but don't. these ones, these are mom's. Are they? Yeah. These ones are mom's. Well, you can't, putting them on is not going to be helpful. Well, I'm they can't see you, that you're and wearing so it. I wear, and I wear these ones. I love those ones. I like a heel though. Yeah. And so it, I would say you do kind of have to wear them in because they are leather. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, if, if you feel like you're going to need thick socks, get a size up. I would definitely suggest that because they do run perfect. But they run perfect. So like I wear a nine and these are nines and they fit me perfectly. So, but mom, for mom wears a nine and they fit her too tight. Yeah. But she wears thicker socks. There you go. All right. So there's your there's your advertisement for the day. Got to do what we got to do. Yeah. Um. Because so if you uh, size up, they might get too long for you. So just, I say just wear them in. Yeah. Wear them in. You let the dog down. Who let the dog down? Who? Who? Is Holly going to sing with us? She is. Ready? Okay. We're ready. Are ready? Joy to the world? Yeah. Come here, Holly. Come here, We Holly. haven't Go. sung on the show in a long time. We Holly. used to do it all the time. Holly. Holly and me. I was going to sing Joy to the World. Joy to the World. With a dog bone. You're going to start it off in what key you want to start it in. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and love. You don't. Uh, <laughs> and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Holly is so helpful in her singing. Holly wants to go outside. So Ho I was, yeah, she. you're going to take her outside. But are you going to sing another song or sing goodbye? I can't sing another song. I'm not singing another song by myself. It sounds much better when we sing together. Are you literally leaving me? She just left me hanging singing with you guys. She said, we're going to sing a Christmas song. We do one round of joy to the world and she abandons me for the dog. I see how it is. I see how it is. So, all right. Do you guys want to in the chat before we go? When we do our Christmas special, because we are going to be doing our Christmas specials. Um, thank you, Pat. Very good. Excellent. You are very too kind, especially with a dog in the background. Um, what are some of your favorite songs? And I'm going to write them down. That way, when we do sing songs, we can sing some of the ones that you guys actually like. Brit Baza, no, we're not doing Jerusalem. It's not happening. It's We're not going to do it. Um, it's too high. It's too much. Um, what child is this is, is one of my absolute favorite songs. We three Kings. I know we're definitely going to sing the, sing those ones. What child is this? And, uh, we three, we three Kings. I need a pen that actually works here. Cause this one's not working. All right, you guys. So we will see you Tuesday night, 7 30 PM Eastern standard time. Then we will see you on Friday.
We may do some shows in between there, but we will for sure see you on Friday at 7 p.m. for our Christmas special. It's going to be so fun. We're going to sing a lot of songs. Whistler's wife says, good job, I sang along. And we could have sang longer, but the dog, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But um, let me know. Shoot me an email, massfaith33, that's M-A-S-F-A-I-T-H-3-3 at gmail.com. If you have song suggestions for us to sing on Friday, we will include them. I promise you, except for Jerusalem and Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. I don't, those, I'm not singing that song. Okay. If it's, it's a legit Christmas song, I promise you, we will sing it. Um, okay. So we'll see you guys for sure Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Friday at 7. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. I was cold all along. No place for home every day. So afraid. But you called my name.